don't give a damn. And I think that was before I, I swore off black businesses. Happy New Year, niggas. And and niggets. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say niggets. Oh, yeah, them niggets. You always got to include the ladies. You know something that, that you brought up that I didn't realize? What? And I guess uh, when asked to cross say uh, fellas all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, he got to start saying both. Yeah, he do, because he says fellas and ladies at the end. Slap that like button like your mama taught you right. Right. But he says fellas throughout his videos, that's sexist. As to cross. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, you do gotta there are lady gamers. There's lady nerds like, too, and we matter, okay? Yeah, you definitely There's gotta. more of us, so we'll make your pockets fatter. Lady lady nerds matter because we make your pockets fatter. Bars. But I digress. Mixtape coming soon. Mixtape is definitely coming soon. Well, Babe, uh, what the hell are we finna talk about today? The damn state of black businesses getting on my damn nerves and why I don't perk with y'all. I'ma just say it. But I'ma I'm explain, we gonna explain. So, that's what it is. Yep, that's all, you know, she basically said it. We, you know, um, y'all, everybody just got, You'll, you'll hear it. Everybody just got to do better. That's that's pretty much what that is. But let's see it. That's it. Listen up. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's been Son. a moment, hasn't it? Yes. But it's been a good minute. We've been busy, you know, um, doing a lot, seeing a lot, meeting a lot. Um, but we are back. We are back. We are back. They missed that. I know they missed I that. I know y'all miss my vocals. You, they, you definitely they, not sing it for our guest. No, I wasn't going to infringe on their hearing. No way. Yeah. I mean, but... You can definitely sing it for us. It's all good, you know. Heck yeah! What's up? Well, if we sound like lazy or uninterested, we're not. It's just like it's later in the evening that we're recording. I just woke up from a nap. So. Yeah, and it's it's later in the day than we normally do. Sometimes we've done them. Sometimes I think with Doctor Dave and Lydia, we did record like uh like into like the later out. Well. No, I think we started earlier, but then we got so into our conversation that it ended up going a little later. But all in all, we're here and I'm happy to be back. I'm so glad. I'm, I was excited to do this. We have been talking about doing this for obviously a long time, but we had been talking about doing it, doing it for like the past few days. And so stuff just kept getting in the way. And so I'm glad that on our rest day, we're actually able to do this, which we enjoy. Oh, it's a restful activity. Yep. Same here. And it's just been uh, such a a wonderful thing to be able to get back into this um, and really dive into these kind of conversations because as much as y'all may enjoy them, I promise you we enjoy them just as much, if not more. If not more. Exactly. So, um, babe, 
what we talking about today, man. Listen, something that I have been wanting to talk about since we started planning our wedding because, yay, we can finally tell everyone we are married. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'm sure we have alluded to that in previous, in a previous uh, um, episode because I, you know, would say husband or wife or whatever. But yeah, we're married. Yes, and our are. wedding was uh, this past Saturday, the 11th, 11-11, don't play with us. And <laughs> um, <laughs> and so one of the things that I experienced um, during wedding planning was a humongous disappointment, huge disappointment in Black businesses to the point where I have made the executive decision to stop actively supporting them. Um, and that's what we're going to be talking about today is the Keith Lee situation. And I believe that a lot of people should be doing what he's doing. I appreciate him for doing what he's doing, but it just really brought to light how I've been feeling about black businesses for the last almost two, two and a half years, because I started experiencing stuff with black businesses before we started planning our wedding, but then it got really just ridiculous when I started planning my wedding and I'm like, I'm sorry, our wedding. And I'm like, you you can't be serious. Like I'm actually trying to give y'all my money. Like I know y'all want my money and they acted like they didn't want to take it. So um, yes, that's what we'll be talking about is a Keith Lee situation and on a grander scale, just black businesses and the lack of customer service um, in general when it comes to our community and entrepreneurship. So yeah, man, and um, how we as uh, firstly let's let's just kind of talk about the Keith Lee thing, right? So, okay, for those who don't know, um, I, and I don't know too much about him myself. Um, I don't know where he came from. I don't know where he originated. In, so forgive me for I'm not on, I'm not on any social media. Babe got something. I'm not on nothing. So I. I don't be abreast of that. Like the most I do is catch her little gossip shows and stuff like that and talk to her about it. But um, he is a food critic, basically. And uh, and what he does is he goes around uh, basically critiquing food um, with an honest voice. And I think that that's something that's necessary in any industry is having somebody who will unbiasedly critique whatever businesses they want to uh patron you know because i think that there's not a lot of that nowadays you know everybody is uh cool and everybody is you know uh there there is a very cliquish mentality even in the uh professional sector there are people who are willing to support other people based on whether or not they know who the owner of the business is and all that other stuff anyways i digress he is a food critic he did a bunch of different tours in different cities, basically critiquing people's food. And it was all more good. specifically restaurants. Yeah, restaurants. You know? My bad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Thank thank you, babe, for the clarification. He he critiques restaurants, not just food, specific restaurants. And more um entrepreneurial restaurants. Um, but you know, uh, I don't want to call them hole on the wall, but you know, your smaller restaurants with smaller staff and you know, a smaller footprint and things like that to see what they're doing, how they're doing it, if their food is good or not, if their service is good or not. He does all of that. So he did a bunch of different cities, LA, New York, DC, 
excuse me, Philly, I think he did Chicago, something like that. And he went to Atlanta, which, as we all know right now, is basically the mecca for blackness. You know, uh, American blackness, the mecca right now is Atlanta. He black went there. businesses. Black businesses. You know, um, it used to be DC, DC. Chocolate City, shout yep. out to Chocolate City, and then uh, Philly, the city of brotherly love. Mm-hmm. Um, was always really, uh, really black and really, you know, but Atlanta has, has taken that crown. Went down there and uh, yeah, babe, just, just whenever you feel the need to give more, give more. But went down there and he started uh, doing the same thing that he was doing in these other cities. Um, he critiqued uh, a bunch of restaurants based off of the service and the food and all of that stuff that he gave. And to make a long story really short, the restaurants that were black owned were not good. Am I right? Why were they not good? Why were they not um, good? The service that he got was terrible. Um, what was terrible? The service that so it started out with his family. He sent his family in, and and I guess this is a thing that he does because he knows that if he shows his face immediately, they will try to offer him the best service they can give. And so to get an authentic experience, he he will not go in with his family. He'll actually send his family in first to see how they treat his family. Um, the real milk and honey was one. Um, they told they told his family it was going to be a super long wait and that they could not order out, right? Babe, make yes. sure... Yeah, make sure I'm on point with that. Like, um, They told him that he couldn't order out. They said the wait was going to be like an hour and a half, two hours or something like that. And he was like, well, that's not acceptable because I see there are uh open table like his family was like yeah there's open tables around here or whatnot and so he popped up and they completely changed their tune but by then he wasn't willing to patron the business because of the service that his family got you know like he doesn't want to be treated like a celebrity he wants to see the authentic experience based on the people who will actually be uh supporting these restaurants which are the your average consumer essentially and he did that and uh so real milk and honey uh uh, not a good experience um then he went to old lady gang which everybody knows is, is well if you don't know it is uh the singer songwriter uh actress uh candy burris's restaurant uh it this the experience was similar and he went to another restaurant, I forget the name of the last one, and the experience was similar. And so he went on his social media platforms and he critiqued them as he received these services or lack thereof. And the response that he got was absolutely crazy. Um, everything from the owner of the Real Milk and Honey making uh, a tasteless video, acting like uh because he had bad things to say about their restaurant only in these the lack of service that that his family received they you know kind of made tried to make a caricature of keith lee by saying that he didn't they don't know who he is and he doesn't matter and all this other stuff and then uh candy and her response to his critique of old lady gang she had a an interesting perspective on what she 
believed uh keith lee should have uh maybe not even should have been doing but um how restaurants and, and businesses and things like that want to cater to famous people um she believed that keith lee needs to embrace the fact that he is essentially a celebrity and by him being a celebrity these these restaurants are going to want to put their best foot forward at all times the problem with that is not everybody that goes to these restaurants are are celebrities therefore all of these people who are regular people are getting the shitty service while they're trying to bend over backwards to please these celebrities who may only come to the restaurant once or twice a year and that just says bad service you know and so um uh very long winded by me you know and babe please jump in here but um it it, it just it, it it spoke to us me and you babe in a way that was very personal because of what we have experienced as a collective in the lack of service and black businesses and uh i'll get to some other stuff but um babe what are your thoughts and uh what do you have to say about all of this first we'll kind of backtrack so candy's comments about oh well they should be uh happy that or he should be happy that we're giving him the special treatment um and she said something to the along the lines of you know people are happy to see him they're taking pictures with him stuff like that okay so let me give you an example of how that's not true i was you know i, I being from california you, you do tend to see quite a bit of celebrities depending on where you are some you know often in la and then you know when we moved out here um there's still some so we were at a, a, a denny's in a city that you know you wouldn't think that celebrities would really frequent me and my auntie and we were sitting at denny's already enjoying our food the security guard for bill bellamy comes up to us we're just sitting there having a good time talking chatting it up me and my auntie he comes up to us and asks us hey bill bellamy is here do you want to take a picture with us and we were happy you know why because we were already we had already been seated which is crazy because denny's i'm gonna just say it denny's has racist tendencies across the across the united states so the yep. fact that we were seated you know when we were um all of that that that's another conversation because it's not black business but he came up to us i don't think we had an issue with it because it's not like we had to wait for our seat but oh here comes bill bellamy to help preoccupy our time while we're not being seated so no people don't want their time distracted by a celebrity for the most part they want their service and then oh by the way a celebrity's here we were at the win last year and candy todd uh uh don juan um ti tiny were there but we were already seated prior to seeing them walk through the restaurant so they right. were walking through i'm pretty sure people were taking pictures of them all that stuff they were actually sitting behind us so you know i don't tend to get very starstruck so it wasn't like oh my gosh but it's you know oh my man they, they're they're eating here freely, you know, same as us. They don't have like a bunch of bodyguards next to them and stuff like that. So it was cool to see that they were acting normal in a sense that they weren't, they weren't to me drawing a whole lot of attention. They were just walking through the restaurant and people obviously happened to notice them. But you had said, babe, to that situation, we don't know if Candy, T.I., Tiny Todd, Don Juan, all of them, we don't know if 
they were given preferential treatment because we sat way before them. You know, we happened to see them come in. We don't know what the, the patrons who came after us and maybe were waiting in conjunction to, to the celebs that I just named. We don't know if they were waiting because of the celebrities, but all in all, I think honestly, people will wanna know that their money is spent the same as everybody else's. We spend our money the exact same way. We, sh we deserve service the exact same way. And now backtracking even further to the first restaurant you named, I thought that we agreed we weren't gonna say the restaurant's name so we didn't give them more publicity, but it's fine. I'm going to just piggyback off of that. So if you guys go look up The Real Milk and Honey, their house rules, I'm sure a lot of y'all listeners have seen them, their right. rules, but let's break these rules down. Number one, we guarantee great food. Everything else is left to chance. We, parentheses, we try our hardest though, we really do. That's subjective. How do you? How can you guarantee great food to a diversity of palates? Yeah. So if if what? if if we if if we don't like it, and that's going to jump to another rule of theirs. If we don't like it now, your subjective idea of your food is the rule. You guarantee great food. So if I don't like it, then you should guarantee that it's great for me. That's the problem. So if I, I don't want to sit here and argue with you as the restaurateur, the waiter, the chef, whoever you are, that the food is not great. It's my interpretation of what great is. Any other restaurant you go to, they will make sure that it's to your satisfaction. You can't guarantee something based off of what you believe tastes good as the restaurant owner, the chef, chef whoever. Now there, you know, there are excellent chefs out there that know that they can uh, whip something up really well, but it still should always be a margin of um, a margin of subjectivity, I guess, that you will change the food to the patron's likings. Number two, we do not provide individual checks. However, we will allow up to three forms of payment. I understand that to a degree. Um, because maybe because they might be smaller, it might be a lot for them to have to break up the the checks and things like that. That I, I do I don't know too much about how restaurants are run and how the staff to patron ratio may play a factor in why they might not break up checks. Because everywhere I've gone, they've given us the option to from my recollection, but like everywhere that I've ever gone since I started eating at restaurants as an adult, I don't remember them not doing that. But Maybe there were places that didn't. I don't know if I even had a problem with it, but that one is not so like hard line. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. Number yeah. three, 18% gratuity. At, this is ridiculous. 18% gratuity added to parties of five or more or checks larger than $75. Okay, remember number one as a rule and number three, this one that I'm reading, 18% gratuity added. So you're telling me your service, I'm already seeing your service is whack because you have all these rules that don't align with positive customer service, but you're adding 18% like you're worth 18% gratuity. You might be worth 1% if anything. I can't stand tipping culture because you're telling me I should give you extra money even if your service was poor. That right. indoctrination is horrific to me. I don't think you should. For I have wanted to tip people in businesses that don't allow their representatives to be tipped. Yeah. When I worked I at Verizon, they when I worked at Verizon, they didn't, you know, they didn't allow, we made a lot of, a lot of us made a lot of money, but Absolutely. people will still, you know, slide us something anyways, because they felt like our customer service was good. Because when you go into a, as when I worked at Verizon, people would say it felt like you were walking into a used car 
sales lot. And yeah. when you would get that, <laughs> it's crazy. You know, I don't, I don't feel that way, but of course I worked there for several years. So from my perspective, it's different, but people would always say that. And then when they would get me or like one of my like-minded colleagues, they didn't, they say, you make this feel completely different from the experience I've had, you know, coming into a, like a, a, a cell phone carrier. So 18% gratuity, that's ridiculous because you not, might not be worth that and you're forcing people to tip even if the service is subpar, which I know that it was at this time. Four, no modifications to any of the menu. Th this is absolutely ridiculous. Wait, 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 wait. Before you even get there, 18% gratuity added to parties of five or more or or checks larger than I actually went to their website. Yeah, but says, are you jumping to another rule? Nope, I'm about to oh, go okay. back. Uh-uh, I'm not, I'm not going forward, I'm going back. Okay. So, you know, five or more checks larger than, on their website, it says 105. On that list, it says 75? Mm-hmm, it says so, 75. Okay, so they must have upped it. Like, they, mu they must have caught a lot of backlash and they upped it, whatever the case may be. Okay, that's interesting because they're adding gratuity when in rule one, it says we guarantee great food everything else is left to chance so you mean to tell me yeah you want your service is left to chance gratuity to parties of five or more when you're not even willing to guarantee me great i service? just noticed that they own i just realized that we guarantee great food everything as you didn't else. even prioritize service in that no. rule you should be guaranteeing great said, food and great service yes all they said was this is great food I, man this listen, is ridiculous okay it's crazy okay so, go ahead to number four okay yeah. so no mod this this is absolutely asinine as most of these rules are so far we we hidden one for four in terms i mean uh three out of four for asinine rules that are like a hundred percent that's ridiculous no modifications to any of the menu items parentheses if you have a food allergy please choose another item without the aller the allergen okay so let me stop you there i'm an english and journalism major if you want to have all these ridiculous ass rules at least be able to spell so when it comes to no modification of the menu items you know how there's a disclaimer on like for me i eat uh like a lot of certain vegan ingredients i'm not right. vegan but i eat i do eat certain vegan ingredients because i try and stay away from dairy there's disclaimers on a lot of the stuff that will say it was not prepared in a in a where uh, facility that houses allergens or it will mm -hmm. say if you eat something else this was prepared along the same you know uh lines as you know certain allergens so you know just be cautious or whatever even if you say that even if the patron says well i'm gonna choose something that isn't an, an allergen for them the preparation kitchen is all one unless they have like okay allergen side non-allergen side they're not saying that they do that they're not disclo they're disclosing everything else so they're not saying we don't prepare them in the same on the same table so even if they pick something else the dust of that allergen could be in the alternative food yep. that's ridiculous because people have allergies and you're not guaranteeing their safety how are you yeah. like how do they not have like a c or d rating for this that should not even be legal yeah to that say, in and of itself yeah um, is a problem like you can't guarantee that you're going to prepare any of my food on non-allergen surfaces like you don't say that because nope we guarantee great food. Everything else is left to chance. I'm I'm going off yep. of what y'all saying. And what so y'all said. Basically, what y'all saying is it don't matter, or we're not going to guarantee that we will, uh, 
we will prepare your food in a way that will be that will be in an environment free from any allergens that might cause you issues. But then you want to tell me that I can't make modifications to it. So I'll say this. So that list that you're reading out of, I actually went to their website and it's it's a little different. I was wondering uh, if the what what you were reading was going to be different because this was pre Keith Lee and all of that humility yeah, that so, came with that. So this must be post Keith Lee because let me read to you what it says now. No modifications to the top 10 brunch menu signature items. And so mm -hmm. they changed that and went from just basically no mod. But then it's still there is still another rule we'll we'll get to it but there's okay, still but, another rule so are the first four rules that i read the first three are those any different from what i just read so every time i read a rule tell me on your end if it's different from the the pre keith lee rule oh, okay list. i definitely will um so rule number one is exactly the same okay um Rule number one is exactly the same. Uh, rule number two is exactly the same. Rule number three is is a little different. The only thing they changed is checks larger than seventy five dollars. Now it's checks larger than one hundred and five. Okay, That's and still, so then, so then know, number then, four, number four is top ten brunch items. Okay, yeah, it, it's okay. top ten brunch items. Um, okay, all yeah. right. So we're okay. So moving on to number five. Be nice. Okay. Well, you can't ask for what you don't bring to the figurative and literal table. Be right. nice. None of these rules say you're nice. You're not doing anything to accommodate the people paying for your services, paying for your food, paying for all of this stuff. You're asking other, and this is the problem I have with black people, can can dish it out, but can't take it. Mm -hmm. I can't stand when I come across, especially on the phone, customer service, and it's mainly on the phone actually, I will get somebody rude as hell on the phone and I dish out what they give because I'm a Gemini. I don't know other Geminis that are like this. But one thing I do know is the the limited uh, knowledge I have about Zodiacs or, or how how little I delve into the Zodiac thing. I do know that Geminis are very prone to dish out what is given. So if you're stank, I'm stanker. And that is the one thing that I have to work on because when I get people on the phone, I start off very bubbly, very nice, because why not, right? Kindness is free. So I start off very nice. And as soon as I hear stankness, I give them one chance to cross me. That's it. That one chance is up real quick. And if they're stank, I'm stanker. And then they have a problem with me. It's crazy. Like, you don't hear yourself, ma'am or sir. Most of the time, it's a woman. You don't hear yourself. You don't hear why you would provoke someone to be like this. I was like, yeah, at Verizon, too. At Verizon, if someone was rude, I'd be rude back. And then a lot of times what would happen in the store was, and maybe it was just the presence, you could feel the person's energy, you could see their demeanor shift, my demeanor shift, they would start being nicer. And then I would be like, I would get like, I'm sorry, I just had a bad day or whatever. And I would tell them like, but that has nothing to do with me. I would say, it, you know, professionally, jokingly, whatever, but I was serious. That has nothing to do with me. I'm just trying to help you, you know, whatever that is. Like, you know, if you want me to be a very brief confidant for you while I'm helping you and slanging these cell phones or whatever, then I'll do that. But I don't deserve whatever it is going on in your world. That has nothing to do with me. And I'm working through that because my therapist told me, don't take it personal because it was probably like that with other people. I get that, but not me. So being nice is something that you have to be able to dish out as well as receive. If someone isn't giving it to you, uh, then you should call it out. With these black businesses, they want our money, but they don't want 
to give the respect and the service that comes along with it. So I really have a problem with black businesses, black people in customer service who don't know how to be nice, but then have a problem when it's reciprocated. No, you might cross the wrong person on the wrong day or or the right person on the wrong day or however you want to phrase that. That is something that we need to do. I don't care. I've heard people say, well, you know, especially for black women in customer service, well, you know, it's already hard being a black woman and they're in a job that is treating them poorly. It doesn't matter because if sometimes I've I've been told I sound like a white girl on the phone, but if you can tell that I'm a sister like you or akin to you, then give me some grace that you wouldn't give the white folks. Give me some grace that you wouldn't give the Asian folks. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't deserve that because this is hard of a day you're having. I'm probably having a hard day too. I choose how I project that. No one deserves what I have dealt with on on my personal side. Nobody right. except the people dishing that out. I do not deserve whatever personal or professional issues. Yeah, okay. At a restaurant, it's really hard. And this is something that Impressive was saying that was irritating me. I know it's hard. You know, staff and restaurants, they have a hard time. That doesn't... You chose to open that. That was a choice. You yeah. chose to go into that that business. You chose to deal with whatever comes with that. So for, for like for me in the fitness space, wellness space, I have people make excuses. I, you know the whole story, babe. But, you know, just on the surface, I have clients who don't want to do the work. I have clients who make excuses. I have clients who, you know, do other things outside of what I've told them to do. This is what I chose. And I get very frustrated. But you know what I don't do is I don't lash out at other people. And I don't take it even out on my clients. I'm hard on them because I care. But I don't take that out on them and project negativity on them. Being nice is not a rule you should have unless you first are get, are um, um, administering it. So I could go on and on about that. But number five, please. Okay. Yeah, be nice. Uh, I mean, yeah. let, me, let me just say this. Um, I... I think that as we talk about this stuff, it's important to recognize where you are and the profession that, excuse me, that you chose because you don't have to stay anywhere where you don't like it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that um, a lot of black people become entrepreneurs because they, they love the idea of starting their own business and running everything and setting up everything and the and the freedom and the autonomy uh along with the hard work you know because being an entrepreneur is not easy it is not something that you just wake up and do at the same time though understand that as an entrepreneur what you are going to do is serve people and Mm -hmm. so you have to have the mindset of service before you ever even get into the space because if you get into the space and you don't have the mindset of service you are ultimately going to rub the people that you're trying to serve the wrong way yeah you're, you didn't have to be in this space you you could have you could have very easily chose something where whatever your business was was not front facing you know and, and was not uh catering to uh, uh, consumers, but instead, what you're doing is you're creating these businesses and that are providing services. And then when these people come in and want the services that uh, you provide, you only provide it to them a certain way. You only provide it to them for a certain period of time, and they have to. They can make no modifications, and you know. And so that's you being inflexible instead of understanding that the consumer might want to spend with you and there might be a couple of small things 
that they may they that they might want to change they might want you to change that will get you a lifelong customer a lot of people don't think like that they believe that their business is their business and because it's their business that's their business you got to get away from that the most uh uh successful of businesses are often very flexible very very flexible they know how to cater to the people that are coming to them because the ultimate goal whether we like to hear it or not is making money i'm trying to bring in the dollars what can i do to bring in this cash what can i do to make you want to empty your wallet at my establishment i'm going to cater to you in whatever way possible and it just seems like a lot of these businesses are not willing to do so now you know i understand a couple of rules here or there you know to make sure that there are parameters in place so that people don't go crazy because we've seen you know uh, uh people do stuff at these businesses and go crazy at these businesses you know but service should be on the mind of any and everybody who is trying to do this who is trying to start these entrepreneurial services and especially restaurants you can't get into a restaurant and nowhere on your list does it say anything about providing exceptional service. That's crazy. That don't make no sense. You didn't laid out everything else and what people can and can't do, but you didn't say nothing about the fact that you are going to do your absolute best to provide the absolute best service that you can every time somebody walk into your establishment from the homeless person to the richest person in the world. But then you got you want to have 11 root. Come on, man. Like, it, uh, all right. Anyway, babe, I'm off my soapbox. Go ahead. Like, because because that's really irritating. It's very irritating. We don't prioritize anything but the quote unquote almighty dollar. And you have to remember that what comes with that repeat customers word of mouth is always your service. And don't forget Yelp and any type of rating platform is a thing. And I want to challenge the fact that as an entrepreneur, you have an option to be public facing or not. No, as an entrepreneur, you're actually always serving someone. Your customer service is always a thing, especially as you're first starting out. You're the accountant. You are the rep. You are the uh, represented customer service representative. You are the uh, sales consultant. You are the spokesperson. You're everything that if it's B two B or B two C, uh, for those that don't know, B two B is business to business, or B two C is business to customer those are always in some line of service. So if you're if you're a B2B and you're trying to get in, I'm just going to use my business as an example. If you're trying to get in with corporate wellness and you're working with, you know, um, healthcare facilities to get in, that's still customer service. They have to like you to buy into your program on that, that size of a scale, whether it's a small facility or a large one. And obviously B2C is serving the direct public customers that are, straight straight to consumer you're always serving someone always people have to like you because if you mess with the wrong business that you're trying to do business with they're going to tell other businesses that are the like that they might partner with not to work with you and obviously b2c people are going to say that they that you suck so as you know word of mouth can go across the board and so yeah. we need to i i went back to when i first started january 10 2022 planning our wedding and i'll get into it later but I just looked at how the trajectory of the conversation went because I did not tell them a budget that they wanted to to 
work with me on. So I'll get into it later, but it just tells, tells you how far, and this is a prestigious or quote unquote prestigious wedding dress company. And I will say their name later on in the conversation, but I'm not afraid to say names. I've never been that. And I also want to talk later about church because church is a business too. And church is oftentimes for us, a black business. Oh, so yeah. I want to talk about all that and that I, we have stories for that too. I thought oh, yeah. this conversation was going to be brief, but I feel like it will possibly be extensive just because this is a very important topic. And prior to Keith Lee, we've been wanting to talk about this for a long time. We may have said things about Black businesses in our previous podcast, but we wanted to dedicate an entire segment to it. And obviously yeah. this brought it to the surface because um, there was even another restaurant situation that after we get done with this list, I want to bring up because you and me, babe, and your family had an argument over it. And so now I feel like what I had been saying is starting to ring bells because this is the same thing that that other restaurant was doing. So number six on the real milk and honey rules is no reservations unless, unless you're Barack Obama. Hey, there's exceptions to every rule. That's crazy. I'm sure Barack Obama with the prestige that he and his queen, Michelle Obama are, would not even dignify this restaurant with this type of outlandish uh set of bylaws right yeah so, because it just screams elitism right like that's what it says to you for you to get the kind of service that you would expect from any and everywhere else you have to be the elite of the elite oh okay like you can't do reservations unless you're this person it's just like oh okay well like you know, I don't know, you know, I ain't watching uh, the Obama's pockets or nothing like that. But say I got more bread than them, but you don't know me. You dig what I'm saying? And so now it's like, now I might come into your establishment ready to drop thousands on your food. But because you don't know me, you're going to tell me it's an hour and a half wait. And then I got to explain to you like, yo, I am blah, 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 blah. And I do blah, 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 blah. But then the crazy thing is, as soon as you hear that I got bread that I'm ready to drop on your business, everything will change. That's a problem. That is a big problem. Yeah, I agree. And there's a test that I feel like we should do. I'm sure it's been done before. I know it's done when it comes to like physical features, but there has been a study that shows that if you are more generally considered attractive, you're treated better at establishments whether it's uh i think they did oftentimes um like clothing stores but they would get better service if someone walked in that was considered generally attractive versus someone who was not mm. i also think that and i'm sure again they've done studies on this how you dress when you walk in will dictate how you're treated if you're dressed down modest you know what i mean and, and not it doesn't look like you put a lot of effort into how you dress they'll treat you subpar if you're dressed mm -hmm. to the nines and you look like you're a lot of black people are hood rich so you walk in looking like you have something when probably that all the money that you got is on your body you yeah, know and that's true too. you're treated you know better mm -hmm. but i uh i would say that that should be something to experiment with even further if they haven't done so already because if i do let's just say i do have more money than you know someone of common uh, well-known prestige and reverence and i dress down am i now going to be treated differently because i don't look like it well i'll have you know that a lot of rich people try a lot of savvy and it's mostly not i would say mainly not black people but non-black 
wealthy people tend to dress down because they don't they know what they tend to be aware of what an investment is and it's not clothes it's not cars it's not shoes you know they have the properties and you know the investments and the you know all of that stuff um whereas we tend to put our money into things that depreciate you know and that's where community education and information needs to be more prominent but we tend to reflect our money or lack thereof on our on our person so yeah, and, and a lot of that has to do with us as yeah, as a people sure. but then a, a lot of it is is uh societal programming as well you know what right I mean? and, and you know so like like don't get us we can go we'll yeah. drive down that road another time so right like, but what i'm what i'm I saying is what the, you're saying I the, pre- the preferential treatment so i, right. I get I that agree. we have a lot of learning to do but the preferential treatment that co- we can have a lot to to learn in that area but it doesn't it should not dictate how we're treated I, I by, especially by each other you could not know you know that we were uh not taught how to save money or how to use credit that has nothing to do with how you treat me based on how i dress i should be treated the same as anyone else which should be five star you know what i mean and everybody's human so i know i'm not always going to get People have bad days and they don't know how to handle those bad days when it comes to customer service. I know I'm not going to get 100% of that, but you should try your hardest because it says at top number one, we try our hardest though we really do when it comes to the food. You should be trying your hardest when it comes to the service. I have had subpar food, excellent customer service, and I tipped. I had a great time because I'm like, eh, you know, this is probably just the way their ingredients are made, whatever. Or we can come... Uh, or we yeah. can ask for something different and that'll taste yep. better but the yep. service always was, to me stands out and that's what i was gonna say like it might be subpar food but the service was so good you might just be like man i ordered the wrong thing let me go well next time you know you want to eat we can try that we'll try something different to see like if we rocking with it or not because we may not be rocking with it we may not like it or we might have just went in there and ordered the wrong thing but the customer service was so good that like you want to spend your money with them that's the point like i i I just don't understand how these places don't understand that like it's there's such a disconnect um so uh, anyways go ahead babe go ahead okay so number seven i do understand to a a small degree no table hibernation parentheses 90 minute max others have to eat too i get that as a smaller establishment um i get that they're it's probably it likely is about money. You know, they're trying to get as many customers in as possible. So having people wi- uh, waiting might have them leave and you're hibernating at the table. You're taking up time from others. Most restaurants don't do that where they put a time limit on how long you eat at the restaurant. So that would probably throw people off anyway. But I do. I'm trying to give a little grace to that rule. Number eight. It, oh, hold, hold, on, hold on. I'll say this about that first. Um the rule is different so they took out the 90 minute max they just they just said others gotta eat too and i think that that's a good change like you don't get the i understand that you want to make as much money as you can by getting enough people into your establishment as possible you know cycling people in and cycling people out throughout the day here's the thing though if if your service is phenomenal do you know that people will wait hours absolutely get into your just to get in there to taste your food but that's why i will challenge you said that's a good change i don't 
think it's a good change because now if you take out 90 minute max they can't the customer can't hold you to oh it hasn't been 90 minutes yet now it's up to the staff to dictate when you leave you could be there five minutes past you're you're done eating and they're like leave yeah, so i don't okay, think that's okay. a good change okay i understand what you're saying um by taking out the 90 minutes like now it's at uh staff's discretion, discretion I, yeah. I, what i took it as is the staff won't bother you anymore like after not once 90 minute hit like the staff is basically timing you like oh okay by this time you need to be been in pay i feel like people would lose track thing. though after at 90 minutes i feel like staff would lose track because they're doing other things if there's no time limit then they could just come up to you like oh we watched them they're done eating you gotta go but if it's 90 minutes then they might lose track of the fact that you've been there that long and just be like oh, i don't even remember how long you've been here yeah yeah they, they yeah they might they might uh lose track of you uh, of the amount of time that you've been there i feel like when 90 minutes say your food say you get seated uh your wait your waiter or waitress don't come up to you until 15 minutes in which we've had that before and then say your food don't come out for an hour now i got 15 minutes to eat it no but i think that that's even more subjective if they take that amount out that limit out because now they could just be like oh you've been here 90 minutes total or you've been here 45 minutes total they're not looking at the time frame period i think they're looking at oh you've been here for however long we don't want you here with the 90 minutes and we should we would need to know when do they start clocking uh, is it after you eat you got to you got right to when what uh where i was going to go how did they time it how do they know you've been there for 90 minutes for them to put 90 minutes in they it? They might have like a damn timer ticker at the table and they press it once you sit down. That's just, or once I, you start I, that's eating. what I was going to say. Like they might have something on like the end of the table where like the customer yep. can't like, you know, you can't readily see it to where like they hit a button. Boom. And it starts a timer table. Oh, they might. There might be as so bold as to be like, we have a timer right here. We're about to press it because you've been seated. They might do something. They, they seem like the type that's bold in the customer's face. Yeah, so. they could. They could do something like that. And and either way, like you are not you are not ingratiating yourself with the community that you're trying to uh, draw. You know, like that. That's just not a good look for you to be basically telling people when they eat and, and then it's all content and it keeps going back to service but it's all contingent on your service if you don't bring my food out till an hour and 20 minutes after i've been seated because y'all been mad busy then essentially what you're saying at least with the 90 minute they took it out but with the 90 minute thing because i only got 10 minutes to eat it yeah but they, again how do no, they yeah how? yeah yeah i understand that and that's what i'm saying and so like what and i under i agree with what you're saying in terms of like okay if at least we know about where it's at like when they took it out i, I you would think that that would be a good thing but based on the fact that they put a number in it sounds like they would just try and cycle you out even faster now yeah yeah and so like it's like oh okay like my food didn't come out for an hour and like you know it could be I, i'm not we've never been there so like we don't know whether it you know like it take a long time to come out hot or cold or nothing like that we don't know you know but like say it come it take an hour and 15 minutes to come out you know lukewarm and now like i you y'all basically is telling me like yo like we need other people we're trying to get other people seated and so like you've been here long enough and it's like well what what the hell is long enough who gets to say that y'all i mean like you know obviously y'all believe that y'all get to say that and you guys are trying to enforce that rule but that's gonna make 
that's not going to make anybody want to come back. Why would I want to come back to a place that does something like that to me? That don't make no sense. Our first date, when we went to Cheesecake Factory, Cheesecake Factory could have said that we was hibernating the table. We sat there from like, what, 5.36 until they closed. That was four hours, four or five hours, something like that. I don't know if they closed at 10 or 11, one of those. Either way, where whenever they closed, we sat there that long. You know what I mean? It's a, but like, they didn't have no issue with it. There was people cleaning up around us and everything. Like, you know, they, they did all of that stuff around us and they had no issues with us being in there longer than whatever time limit they might, you know, super uh, superimpose on their guests. That will make you go. And we go back there every year. We go back there every year. So, you know, um, them taking out that that time limit, I, I, you know, basically, I understand what I was saying, but I also understand what you're saying, too. I get it. Mm -hmm. So go ahead, Bear. Number eight, if we prepare your selected item to our menu specifications, we will not remove the item from your bill. Our entrees are not, quote unquote, samples. Thanks. <laughs> Um, I do understand that as a smaller, because one thing you have to know about businesses, and this is probably common knowledge, but businesses have cushion. Maybe they have less of it if they're not a franchise yet, you know, um, and with the way they were going prior to being humbled, they might not have been a franchise. I, I don't want to speak ignorantly. Maybe they are, but uh, I do understand, like, if you only have a limited stock of certain things, and you chose an item based on the specifications, I, I'm not saying it's wrong for the customer to ask for something else, but some customers will abuse that. Um, and I I do understand number eight more than I critique it. So I, I will just leave it there with that one. I'll say that I understand that to a certain extent, but if I order something and I asked for, so first off, you don't even allow me to augment anything. And so if I if I order something and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to like it, you know, or or whatever the case might be in terms of like, oh, like this may be say it's my first time there and you they prepare something with something. I ask for something to be taken off or even put on the side and y'all don't even allow me to do that. And you bring it out with whatever I asked to be put on the side on it. And then I don't like it. Now they're gonna tell you you could have just taken it off. That sounds like the type of service you would get. Just just take it off. Take it off of your plate see, or see, put it on the side. Yeah, and see, that's a problem. If you're if you're telling me to but do that. But you already that, know their rule was they don't make modifications. So yeah, and I, I don't know if they so do they present this to everybody that comes through? Is this is it is is this Babe, rule I, pasted I, on I, the door? I don't know, but I would hope so. If they're going to have these rules, I don't know how else it would have been public. But yeah. 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 yeah go, I, all I'm saying about that is um, you don't allow anybody to make any modification. And, you know, on their website now, it says the top 10 brunch menu. OK, so the other stuff, it sounds like you can. Um, I don't know what, you know, what what they serve. I don't know if they do. They didn't change this one. Or, or just no nope this is the same this is exactly okay. the same but like you know if we prepare your like that's the difference between like a business like this and a business like uh like say uh uh where do we go jeffries mm -hmm. if we would have said that we didn't like what was uh sent now i understand 
because it's like oh okay jeffrey's mad upskill you know what i mean you ordering like we had what lobster and some more th- like mm. that that mess was fire but you know they probably make more or maybe they don't i don't we don't know you know what i mean but they are willing to modify anything in order to leave the customer happy Jeffries is, at least to my knowledge, Jeffries is white owned. It's not. I'll say it's not black owned. So no, and... no, I'm not. I'm not talking about it being black. But oh, okay, yes, yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, they're white owned. You know what I mean? And, and they understand that, like, yo, that dollar is what we trying to get. So like, but we don't want to assume they're white owned. They're not, to my recollection or to my knowledge, they're not black owned. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and, and we don't know what they are. And so let me not say you're right. Let me not say that they're white owned or whatever they are. We don't know what they are. What we do know is them niggas is trying to get that dollar about you. And so they're going to do what they need to do to get the dollar about you no matter what. No, like it's the real milk and honey. They just going about it the wrong way. Yeah, but that this right here is not trying to get it to, in my estimation, this ain't trying to get money about me. This yeah, is trying they to get are. Look at, not- look at, Look at rule number six and number seven. That sounds just like, uh, you know, they want to maximize their profit every day. Yes, it does. And and you're right. What I'm saying is essentially what you're saying is they're going about it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And what this does is it said while they believe that this means that they're going to be cycling in customers to bring themselves more profit. Though these rules are completely counterintuitive to something like that. Mm-hmm. This, that's not what happens. Like you, no reservations, no table hibernation. So you just gonna be trying to cycle me in and out. It's like a, it's like a a, a, a restaurant factory. You know what I mean? Like you just trying to make the food, give it to the people, and get them out the door. And like that's it for all of that. You should just made a fast food place. If you was gonna do stuff like that, you know what I mean? Like that place, man. Like they they don't care like the all the dollar is what they're trying to get and the service they know that the service is how you get it because i want to go back to jeffrey's don't you absolutely yeah like i will have no issues going to jeffrey's and jeffrey's is uh like an hour and some change away from us almost two hours i don't have no problem driving up there none because it that it was that good it was that cool of a place you know what I mean? So like they, they're that place is trying to get your dollars. They're trying to get your dollars, but differently. And what it's saying to me, to me personally, is they don't want no money. Yeah. These rules say they they don't want no bread. They're not trying to get no bread. You know what I mean? So um, so go uh, go ahead, go ahead to number nine. Okay, number nine, no parties larger than four. So I told y'all to remember number what number was it three okay remember number three 18 percent to five or more okay so number nine is no parties larger <laughs> no parties larger than four on days that end in y parentheses we're a small place and when we get busy large groups are hard to accommodate we do not push tables together now the parentheses would be fine if you didn't contradict it and the whole the whole rule would be fine if you didn't contradict yourself with 18% gratuity added to parties of five or more. No parties larger than four on days that end in Y means the whole week. So how are you going to have 18% gratuity added to parties of five or more if you don't allow parties larger than four on any day? 
So we understand, or I understand if you're small, busy, you get busy, large groups are hard to accommodate. You don't push tables together. You don't push tables together, stuff like that. But you're contradicting yourself with rule number three. So that's a problem. You have all these dumbass rules, but you're not even keeping track of your rules. It's like a lie that you're not even able to keep up with. These rules don't make no sense. They're not cohesive. They don't bounce off of one another in a um, a smooth and flowy manner. So that don't make no sense to me at all. The parentheses does, but you contradicted yourself with the first part to where you got to scrap one of them rules. Did they change the number nine at all? Mm, yes. They no longer say we do not push tables together. <laughs> so they kept that. They could have kept that. Why did they take <laughs> yeah. that part out? If you still yeah. not making sense out of the three versus the number three versus the nine rule, you could have kept don't push tables together. Why would you remove that? That's a trivial part of the rule that you didn't have to remove. Yeah, the anyway. big part was definitely the first part. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no party larger than four <laughs> like y'all but then y'all add gratuity to parties of five so which so they is should it? never you should own oh, well okay no now here's the thing or checks larger than 75 so let me backtrack and eat that or checks larger than 75 they should have just taken out the parties of four and five and just checks large because it's still contradictory or checks larger than now it's 105 that's fine keep the 18 percent to Shouldn't nobody be paying a mandatory anything uh, as far as gratuity, but the bill itself should, you know, obviously pay your bill, but not the 18% gratuity because I don't trust that y'all customer service lines up. But let me uh, rescind what I said about the number three in totality being a contradiction to rule number nine. The checks larger than 75 part, I guess I can still say it's a contradiction because the first part of number three is still nonsensical compared to number nine. But the yeah. checks larger than 75, you know, that part is separate. So no parties larger than four on days that end in Y. But then they say 18% gratuity added to parties of five. So which is it? Which is so, it? Exactly. So if I got so if I got a family of five, can I come to your restaurant or not? And it sounds I mean, we like we're gonna split again, up and give different names. That's what yeah, we're gonna do. Yeah, but and, and and the crazy thing is they'll put you in completely different parts of the restaurant. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I guess they took the, we do not push tables together, but like, that's the inconvenience. Like if I got a family of six and I'm trying to come, you know, and I don't have no budget, I'm just trying to come and, and patron your restaurant. And you telling me like, I can't have my entire family sit together because y'all don't push tables. That 18% gratuity would have been a hit at that point because that's yeah, going to be point, large yeah and it's like yo just take out the no party larger than four and it's like yo we'll add 18 percent gratuity if you take that out i promise you people will be like you know what we still gonna go we'll eat the 18 percent gratuity which is <laughs> almost a fifth of your bill like what that that's a lot of bread but like hey you know uh some people would be willing to accept that if the Again, if your service is phenomenal, all of the fine print people do not care about. They don't. They just won't care. So let's get to the last two. Well, technically one, but there's two more things that they say. So number 10, we have no waiting area inside parentheses. Keep in mind, if 
on the wait list, you can receive a text when your table is ready. Naps in your car are fine. That's ghetto. Um, I understand no waiting area, but the, the whole parentheses part is ghetto. You, you don't got to say that. You can get a text. That's cool. A lot of people give buzzers, texts, all that good stuff. Naps right. in your car are fine. Yeah. How else am I going to wait? That's the yeah, part is like, tacky and ghetto. Like you're trying to be this very, you know, uh, swanky, luxurious establishment. I imagine based on the way the the letterhead looks with the um, font and the the marble background. So I imagine the restaurant probably looks nice. I can't put past the fact that how ghetto this whole thing is contradicts yeah. the aesthetic you're trying to get give off. Right. So. And the grammar, the grammar in one of the rules was bad. Um, Now, the last part is, remember, this is supposed to be fun. Ain't nothing fun about this entire thing. I'm sure the customer service wasn't fun at the time. It might not be any better. I don't know. I just know that they've changed rules and been humbled by Keith Lee. But all in all, remember, this is supposed to be fun for who? Because I don't see this being fun for no patrons that, you know, choose to abide by these rules and get shitty customer service by the way along the way right so uh yeah no yeah and it's mm -mm. my thing is like okay naps in your car are fine like you don't have to state the obvious you know what i mean that just shows black ghetto customer service that that stank uh uh um, what's it called sarcastic you know what i mean yeah it's like somebody you Tom. like you at you're you somewhere and like you spill something on your shirt and like you you know you didn't blotted it out as much as you can and it you know that it's there and it's it's visible but like you didn't did your best and then somebody coming up to you be like yo you know you got a stain on your shirt like bro you didn't have to point that out but what why did you need to point that out unless you are trying to be demeaning like there there is you know there is a specific tone that you take when you do stuff like that naps in your car are fine of course y'all don't got a waiting area inside where else are we gonna wait we're gonna wait outside the store we can't wait inside the restaurant so we gotta wait outside the restaurant how's the parking you know what i mean do we gotta pay for the parking because if i gotta pay for the parking and then i hit your door and it's an hour wait i'm not gonna go to sleep in my car you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go somewhere else the That's thing for do. me that this delineates is y'all have a long ass waiting period because okay one can say well yeah they got a lot of patrons but if you stand to the extent that naps in the car are fine besides the fact that that's ghetto language to even say something like that on a a rule a restaurant rule you know sheet that means that the wait periods are unmanageable and that you're Telling people just take a nap in your car till you're ready. Yeah, I get it. A lot of restaurants will have you wait. You'll get a text, a buzzer. That's fine. But they don't, it doesn't say ghetto. Like it just says, oh, it's an hour wait. You know, um, you know, they're waiting if they have availability to wait inside or you can wait outside. If they have buzzers or texts, then yeah, the obvious is to wait in your car. But to me, this whole thing is just number one scrap because we try our hardest y'all didn't try hard enough if that's hard i don't really know what that what that looks like for y'all that this isn't trying hard when right. you really try hard what does that look like because but this was just this, yeah this ain't asinine. it asinine yeah. um let me tell you just, this real quick babe so on that list it's one through ten right so mm-hmm. both on their actual website it's actually nine and then it skips ten and it goes to eleven 
And so <laughs> I, they probably had another rule that they wrote in there, took it out and forgot to update what this is. And yeah. so that's why it looks Does like Does it still that say, remember, this is supposed to be fun? Yeah, it still says that at the bottom. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? It, it definitely says, uh, says that. And it's uh, it's pretty ridiculous, to be perfectly honest. Like, you know, um, like, I just don't get the level of rules for a place that is not trying to provide you with uh, exceptional service. I, I just don't get it. Like, it doesn't make sense. There are places that are far more luxurious and bougie than a place like this. Um, there's a place in LA I want to take you to that is super upscale. Like you can't even wear jeans in there. Like uh-huh. that's how upscale it is. And their rules don't even look like this. You know what I mean? Like their their rules are very simple. Like, yo, you can't come in wearing certain stuff, you know. Uh we ask you please to not be rowdy, you know, um, because there are people who are eating and uh uh we're gonna give you exceptional service and uh, and great food and we hope that that what we do for you is enough for you to want to come back again and again. See, that's that's perfect. Like that brings me to the I think he was in Dallas, the one that was a couple of years ago where the girls were twerking in the restaurant and he cussed out the whole restaurant. I had a huge issue with that. And y'all were like defending him, like, oh, we, you know, we would still come back because he's a black business. I don't give a damn. And I think that was before I I swore off black businesses. That was probably the beginning of it though like that is not okay those girls kindly asked them to leave uh uh, firmly asked them to leave the whole restaurant ain't got nothing to do with that if the whole restaurant acting a fool kick out the whole restaurant but that wasn't the case and everybody's like well wait a minute that's tacky and ghetto there's good ghetto and then there's bad ghetto and that was tacky that was bad Bad ghetto ghetto. yeah bad ghetto yeah and and so i'll say that when i first uh, encountered that story I was on his side because I'm like that would be irritating I'm trying to run an establishment that's that's supposed to have a certain ambiance and you know I might I might be playing the music that I like but that doesn't give license for people to get up and do what they were doing you know standing on stuff and twerking and doing all that like ain't nobody trying to see all that but at the same time um as we talked about it I I do agree with you now like I, I definitely do. Um, he could be, he could have been as mad as he wanted to, but you don't got you. There's no need to address the whole restaurant because the whole restaurant wasn't doing it. Yeah, he doubled down on it too in his quote unquote apology or whatever. Yeah, you he did not. That. Yeah, he he. Or explanation, yeah. whatever. Yeah, whatever the hell. It it wasn't really an apology. That didn't no. apologize for nothing. But what he did do is, you know, he was like, yeah, like they did what they did, and like I'm trying to run both, and it's like, bro, like. But what you're not getting is as a business owner, no matter how much people are trying to drag you to the low road, you got to take the high road. I want to say part of the explanation was, you know, restaurant, the restaurant business is hard. That ain't got nothing to do with the restaurant patrons. You chose something hard. Entrepreneurship is hard. Let me say no fast, no facet of entrepreneurship is easy, no matter what, um, no matter what industry you're in. Right. So that ain't got nothing to do with your clients and your customers. I don't nope. give a damn about them girls twerking in the restaurant. One thing that I will say is that the music that you play, we're a musical people. Music that you play will 
maybe uh, compel someone to move and dance. Now, the raunchiness which with, with which they may have done that, it may have been inappropriate. Um, I would have been, you know, like, okay, let's, depending on the atmosphere, because at Jeffrey's, you're probably not going to hear that type of music, one. And if you are, then you probably still wouldn't dance because of the ambiance and the atmosphere. Now, here's what I'll say. Our wedding planner, when she put the, the itinerary together for our wedding day, she put that they were supposed to play music during cocktail hour that would be slow and mellow that wouldn't compel people to dance. She actually put that in the itinerary. Mm. Music that is low and slow and mellow that doesn't compel people to dance. And I'm paraphrasing. But... You have to think about that. The music, especially as a people, we like to dance. We are musical, musically inclined. So right. for us, rhythm and uh, sounds and acoustic, all that stuff makes us want to move. That's how we are. That's who, who we are. The other thing that I will say is if your restaurant does not command that people dance, again, give what you, you need to give what you're requesting. So he's acting an ass cussing out the whole restaurant but you also want people to be classy how is that classy and jeffrey's i'm sure they'd be like sir ma'am we need you to right. leave like, we've asked you a couple of times you need to it. leave. it's not going to be the head of staff coming up to the whole restaurant like if y'all don't like it get the f out right That's, i don't see that happening at a luxury establishment if you want it to be luxury you need to act accordingly if you I want agree. it to be denny's then keep that same energy because denny's versus jeffrey's versus pf chang's versus cheesecake they all have different ambiance pf chang's is an ambiance that i would not expect anybody to act like that i don't care what you say pf chang's is to me classy a cheesecake factory is kind of teeters in the middle but either way i you you the atmosphere sets the expectation if he delineated that he expected people to dress a certain way if he expected people to act a certain way then you need to give that as the leader you need to give that as the as exemplification of what you expect yeah that's what i have a problem with is we have these businesses and we expect but we never deliver that that's annoying to me yeah so, you can't you can't ask people to act uh you can't it can't be do as i say but not as i do so like if you're opening an establishment and you want people to act a certain way then the ambiance has to be in the attitude the way in which everything works and moves and flows that all got to be set by the establishment because if people get the feeling that you said that don't got to be set by the no i said it does it does um, because if people get the feeling that your uh, establishment is, is classy ratchet, then guess what they're going to do? They're going to dress up in nice stuff, get into your establishment and act ratchet. That's, that's what they're going to do because mm -hmm. that's what they feel like the ambiance dictates. And so you got to know what you're trying to put out. And then also you have to exemplify that to show people how to be. You walk in, you're real nice, you shake your hand, you're thanking people for coming, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, whatever else you're going to do. But at the same time, you know, when things go awry, um, if people see you yelling at people and, you know, kissing, uh, uh, not kissing, uh, but kicking people out and, and cussing at everybody else, like people going to be like, oh, this is the, this the type of establishment they got going on. This, like, okay, this is what this is. And so you got to be the 
you got to set the business standard before people follow your business standard. That's what happened. Why do people steal from Walmart? Because Walmart's stealing from us. Okay. That's what's mm-hmm. happening. You know what I mean? And like, that's what they do. And so, okay, like Walmart is, you know, doing all this and they put all they, uh, their, estab- their stores in the hood and all that and siphoning money from the hood and not putting it back into the community. Okay, we gonna take some of y'all stuff. That's the price y'all gotta pay. Whole lot. And they you know set I mean? their they set their precedent by going into low income, marginalized communities where people don't have, you know, a lot to do. They have time on their hands, and they're already in an impoverished um, environment and mindset. Right. So they're going to act on that mindset, act on that those surroundings. Um, y'all has said, you know, if speaking on the Dallas rest, I want to say he was in Dallas, that Mm -hmm. restaurant owner, if, Mm -hmm. if they were white, I would have still patroned them. That's a damn lie. If they were white, if they were Asian, if they were anything, I'm not patroning nowhere that cusses me out for something I did not do. I'll cuss that nigga out, not pay and leave. I did it at Denny's. Denny's gave me shitty ass customer service. I had ordered something. The lady was a bitch. She was mad to even take my order. She was white. And she was taking me and so and so's order. I I had specifically asked for. I love pepper jack cheese. They have put American or cheddar or something on there. And I asked, you know, like I did say that I did not want that on there. She didn't even say nothing to me. First of all, she took forever to come back to the table to even get our order or to follow up with us. When she did come back, I told her like, this is the wrong cheese. You know, most restaurants remake your order. <laughs> she took my cheeseburger. She had whoever scraped the cheese off, left remnants of the cheese, and then slapped on some more pepper, slapped on pepper jack, and threw it on the t- almost pretty much threw it on the table. If I'm being honest, right. Right. I was pissed at the customer service and pissed at the presentation of my food that was not handled correctly. I got the fuck up. I walked out, and the security guard he was black. He was like, "Whoa, whoa, you can't leave." They started chasing me. I said, "Yes, the hell I can." First of all, that bitch has a bad attitude. Second of all, go look at my plate it's not the presentation is not something i'm paying for and they were like well and then the manager then the manager wants to run up cares about service then like okay well how can we make this right i said tell her to work on her fucking attitude and make sure that that food looks better next time i'm not sitting here i'm not staying here i'm not eating here i'm not paying and they were like okay yeah okay it's right because you don't have no choice i know i since then i don't remember the last time i've been to a denny's so I don't yeah, do it's that. been it's been ages. Uh, yeah, and, and, I haven't been to a Denny's in a long ass time either. And uh, go ahead. Where's and more? and like Best Buy, Best Buy was giving me a hard time round and around about price matching. They said they would price match, and it was like one day past the fourteen day period. I had to spend hours in the Best Buy parking lot talking to customer service, getting their attention, all that stuff. The rest, the the manager called me like, "Hi, you know, um, how can we make this right?" on the spot he changed it see he rectified the situation that black business owner did not rectify he doubled down on how he felt about the patrons of his restaurant and how he handled it that's not rectifying anything that's either you like it or you don't as that's what he said to the restaurant either you like it or you don't in so many words and mm. if you don't like it you can get the fuck out verbatim pretty much mm. so I, i'm not patroning that if you're not trying to make it right and you know what i'm saying the real milk and honey he did do a video where he was like this is the keith lee effect this is what happens when you you know you get humbled so on and so forth that's probably why they changed the rules and i hope the service went along with it because 
I can only assume that with this type of rule list, the service was subpar. I'm hoping with everything else that they were humbled by, their service is, is better. Um, even the, the, um, the body butters, their business. I love body butter and I was at the time in love with supporting black businesses. I bought from We The People, who's great. I still buy from them. Bought from Fenty, still great. I still buy them. Savage X. The body, but I was buying from big and small black businesses. I bought from the body brothers and you know, I would, <laughs> it would be weeks before I even saw a tracking number for my shipment. And I just wanted to know where my stuff was. This was during the pandemic. So I tried to give them grace. Like, okay, you know, you're trying to catch up on orders or whatever. I, um, was missing my order. I did not get a tracking number. So I looked up their number. I called, it was a Google number. So I, the, the Google voice number you call cannot be, you know, uh, con connected. So I kept calling, couldn't get him. Uh, I think I emailed them or I did something through, through PayPal. I couldn't get them. So I found their Instagram and I messaged under one of their posts. Cause I'm like, I don't know how else to get in contact with you. I'm not trying to make a scene. I'm just trying to get in contact with you. So I say, Hey, you know, I've been trying to reach you through your, your, your um, phone number and your email. I can't get you. Where's my order. So then they were like, they responded like, give me your order number so we can give you a refund. Whoa, whoa, hold up. I just want to, I still would keep, take my stuff just because I've been waiting a long time. I want the body butter. I, I, I want it. I'm not even asking for, I never asked for a refund. Why is your first mind will give you a refund? That's yeah. already saying mean and stank and tacky to me. And I didn't yeah. talk to them, you know, uh, voice to voice, but just that response. Then they called me because another order didn't come and I had left a voicemail or something like, Hey, I'm just, again, want to know where my order is. They called like, yeah, so you're leaving a voicemail or you did. I think I had to go to PayPal again at that point. And I was like, you know, customer service doesn't respond. I just want my order. They called me like, yeah, so you made a, a complaint on PayPal. And I'm like, yes, because I haven't been able to get in contact with you. And they were like, well, we're, and they got defensive immediately. We're a small business. You know, we only have, I'm like, I don't, I'm not asking you for all that. You can save all that explanation that I did not ask for. I just want to know where my order is. I did not say anything about you need to hurry up and give me my stuff. I just want to know where it is. I haven't got tracking or anything. Just tell me where my order is. And after that conversation, after having to defend themselves in a way that I did not ask for, just to try and make claim to why their customer service was so bad, I stopped patroning them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then uh, even something as as big as the IRS, I was doing something with the IRS and you're assigned a caseworker. The caseworker did not respond to me for months. And so I called and I called and I called and everybody that I would get was like, you have to talk to her specifically. Well, I finally got on the phone months later. I was like, you know, yeah. And so I know that you haven't been available. Well, um, I can't help that. My mother was this and, you know, I've been, I was like, hold up. I did not ask you for all that. Why are you getting defensive? Of course she was black. And I'm like, I'm just saying, I know that you were out. So this is what I'm trying to catch you up on. This is what I need from you. I'm not coming at you. Why do black people have to get so defensive, so angry, so hostile? when it's not warranted. If someone comes at you like that, of course, defend yourself, but I'm not a mean person until you provoke, provoke me first. So it's a response to your negativity. I'm, I rarely ever try to be mean first or intent, you know, unintentionally mean first because I'm trying to be cognizant of being kind to people. So those are just a few examples of customer service, business owners, 
the I remember working for the beauty supply um, in my city and he was a Korean business owner. So I worked for a Korean uh, beauty supply. I still tried to, and I was like 19, 20, something like that. Even then I was trying to support black businesses. I went down the street to a black owned beauty supply to try and patron them. Now, Mr. Kim always taught us when you have customers, every customer that comes in, you greet them. Every, if you don't, you got in trouble. He was like, you didn't greet them. You did not say hi to them. They need to feel welcome. I went into a black business down the street beauty supply and they did not, they didn't even look up from what they were doing. They didn't greet me, nothing. I asked them the price on something, one word answer. I threw that shit down and walked out. I have long couldn't stand, yes, long couldn't stand black customer service. And I've been trying and trying and trying. And all this podcast is to say, I don't support them no more. I, I can't until we as a collective, and I understand it won't be 100%, but until we as a community get our act together, I'm not going to intentionally spend my money with black businesses that I know ain't shit. I don't care your reputation. I don't care how many customers you get. I don't care nothing about that. If your reviews, if your reviews say that you should not be supported and you're a black owned business, trust and believe. I don't care that I'm one person that you won't get money from, I'm not doing it. I had my wedding jacket for our wedding. It said my last name on the back, so it was customized. The business owner on Etsy made it clear in the rules, like there's no refunds because it's personalized. I completely understand that, but she undersold the size fit. She made it seem like it was true to size when it wasn't. So we went back and forth online on Etsy it was a pretty polite back and forth, if I do say so myself. She was highlighting its screenshot and stuff. And I got a little assertive because I'm like, you can do all that all day, but you undersold the fit. Well, it got to the point where she said, I don't think, I think it's best that we don't go back and forth. You are able to send the jacket back and I'll give you a full refund. I was like, wow, she said that to me, even though her rules state that she they like they don't do that. And then she remade the jacket. She was so kind to me afterwards. It didn't seem like there was any re residual hostility, even though she had to take back an item that was already personalized. That's what I'm talking. And I bought from her again because of that. I could have said no because she misrepresented her product and wanted to go back and forth with me. I still chose to buy the same item from her again, even though I didn't have to because she gave me my money back. I still chose to patron her in that same day, same week, whatever. And she guaranteed my item was gonna be expedited, all of that. That's what I'm talking about. It's very easy. Pastor Todd talked today about how it's easy to encourage people. It is, it's easier to be kind than it is. It takes a lot more to be mean and nasty than it does to be nice. You could have a subpar product, but I promise you people will continue to support you until you get it right if your customer service is always great. And that's the problem I have with black businesses. My wedding dress. Yeah. I told them when we first started planning, January 10th, 2022, I, I, it was Essay Bor. I don't know how you say her name. Excuse me if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Wedding dress company, prestigious celebrities buy her products, so on and so forth. I loved this dress that I thought that I wanted. I'm so glad I didn't go with it because I tried on something similar at Pantora and it didn't look right. But the service that I got from Essay Bor or SE Azinabor, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, was horrific. I emailed, you know, in their, um, in their like, you know, where you put in an inquiry and you want to follow up with more information. I said, I love this particular dress that they have. Um, they ask you for your budget, so I put it. And of course, a budget can fluctuate based on how much you're actually willing to pay for the dress. So I started off by saying a few thousand. It's already a few thousand, obviously. I can't be unrealistic. So I told them that they responded. Her name was Letitia. She was so kind and polite. 
when she first responded. And then she said, uh, you know, what's your budget? And I told her and she, so she had a very long lengthy email when I first was talking to her, very kind, very polite. When I reaffirmed my budget, she responded with one line, the dresses start at 5,500. So then I said, oh, okay, well, you know, I like that. What styles are, you know, this, because I'll be willing to work with that. You know, it was a, bu a bit over my budget I initially gave, but I was like, okay, if I really want the dress, I'll make it work. I'm frugal. So it was more about like, if I can get a nice dress on the low, then I'm gonna get a nice dress on the low. But I don't want to undersell someone's uh, workmanship, their design. So if I really want something, I'm not going to ask for a discount. I'm just going to be like, okay, I want something similar, but cost less, or I'll just spend the money if I really like it. So then I, I said, what are, I said, what, what are the costs for these styles? Style number, dot, 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 dot. And she said, um, these are the prices, one liner again. And then I asked her again, what the, what the prices were for another style. She stopped responding after January 10th, 2022, I never heard from her again. And that oh. was at, on the tail end of all the other bad customer service I had been getting from black businesses. So that was like the straw for me. So I told our wedding planner, look, I don't even care what vendors you get. I don't care if they're black. I don't care who they are. I know, and our wedding planner was black. So the fact that right after that, cause we hired her, I think right after that, uh, she's black. I was surprised I was even willing to give her a chance, but her customer service, how she was, was excellent. And mm -hmm. I want to continue working with her. But mm -hmm. that wedding dress scenario was horrific. So then she told me, oh, let's try Pantora. Pantora Bridal is black owned too. I was very, very against it, but I tried to find <laughs> tried to find David's Bridal. I tried to find anything else I could that was not black owned. And I just didn't like the dresses. I gave Pantora a shot, found my dream dress. I didn't even know I wanted it until... Um, my bridal stylist put everything together for me. She tacked on certain athletes and all of that stuff to make it look like me. And I was like, wow, like I really love the dress. And guess what? I doubled my budget for that dress that I gave uh, S.A. Zanabor. I doubled mm. my budget, doubled, doubled it. it, doubled, doubled what it. I spent. I doubled what I spent. When she mm -hmm. told me the price, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I didn't mm -hmm. even sweat. I didn't e listen. When you have the service that aligns with what it is that you should have as a business, People will spend, people will find a way. When I worked at Verizon, I was giving them high ass bills and they were finding a way to spend that money. I was giving them bags of stuff to walk out with. They made it work. They tried because the service, I had reviews on on our Yelp. I had reviews, um, word of mouth to my managers. I was given gift cards from my clients. That's the type of thing that should be exemplified at all times and you will always go far. I know that this is a lot of talking about, but it's just a very important topic because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Black women are one of, if not the highest concentration of entrepreneurs in the United States right now. And yep. we tend to be known for bad customer service. Thanks. Uh. Whether it's working for someone else or working for ourselves. And so for me, I don't want to be represented by the rest of y'all. I don't. I don't want to be seen as a Black business that is seen as the rest of these black businesses that don't got no act right you know it's already hard enough managing and owning businesses and then to be known as a black business sure you can get grants and and certifications and all that stuff but you're still known as a black business a woman-owned business and people might look at you sideways if they've had all the experiences that i've had i have sworn off and remember in our our forum that you did babe i was going in on your friend at the time because he was like, I'm not gonna go out of my way to support a black business. Look, now I'm, I've 
I'm in the same boat. Ah, I'm not going mm, out of my. Mm, I'm not. Nope. Going, I'm not going out of my way. He's doing it. He's doing it just in general. Mine is based off of experience. Well, yeah. What I'm ex- saying is, I'm not yeah. doing it no more. Yeah, experience would suggest that um, you just don't support uh, a people who don't support you. I actually talked to my mom about this. You know, um, she um, said that there was a one black owned gas station in my hometown and she used to drive there, which was out of the way to get their gas. Like she didn't play around like she would only go there and Mm -hmm. she started receiving terrible customer service. Mm-hmm. She no longer patrons that place. You know what I mean? And so, like, it doesn't... Black people... And this is why I had an issue with what Chad Ochocinco was saying. Oh, yeah. Let's get to that. About, yeah. about what Keith Lee was doing. Because he was like, oh, this man is just tearing businesses, black businesses down. Like, I, why is he doing that? You know, if you're going to say anything about black businesses, as a black man, it should always be positive. And it's like, no. That is going to be very detrimental to black businesses because what you're going to do is embolden and enable these black businesses that are operating with with subpar customer service to continue operating that way they're never going to learn that what they're doing is incorrect there's they're never going to learn that what they're doing isn't isn't uh beneficial to their bottom line you know what i mean they're they're dollars and cents all it's going to do is make people believe that whatever they're doing is right because uh, everybody who's reviewing them is actually giving them a uh, passing mark. You know what I mean? High grades or whatever else you want to call it. Like they're saying good things about them. We have an obligation, especially amongst ourselves, to be the most honest with ourselves. I'm not going to sit up here. If I go into a place and the service is bad and my homeboy asked me how it was, just because it's a black business, I'm not gonna tell them that it was it was good service. I'm gonna tell them that it wasn't good service. Like, yo, nah, don't do that. Don't go in there because what they're doing is is not what you would want from whatever business this is, or, or you know, you wouldn't want to patron that. You wouldn't want to pay for what they're trying to give you. I'm not gonna not I'm not going to lie and just uh you know, I'm not gonna lie and 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 not be honest about what the, what black people yeah. are doing because it's the only way that we will be able to grow as people in these spaces. Sometimes you gotta lose something to learn that you need to change. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of these businesses, with these people who are just treating people like they're nothing but dollar signs and credit card swipes. They need to lose business to understand that what you're doing to these people, how you're treating these people, is not going to be acceptable ever. No, enabling people is never going to help. If you're enabling people to be the same and not change, then you're you're only hurting them. By allowing a business to be only known for positives, quote unquote, because Keith Lee was like, to Ocho, like, how are you only talking about me when I speak negatively, but I've helped black businesses other black businesses stay open stay afloat make more money but i'm supposed to do that for businesses that don't deserve that no get better you have to get better through constructive criticism and if you can't handle that you shouldn't be in business because customers are going to critique you so if you're going to get critiqued 
at all from customers. You should be able to be critiqued from people that do this on a daily basis, like review businesses, review restaurants. People have to eat here. <laughs> Their right. palate is at stake. <laughs> Their right. well-being is at stake. If right. you deserve a D rating or a C rating, the health inspector is going to put that on the window. And, and in all to, honesty, it's on. It's in your best interest to get that rating. Yeah, Be so honest, you know like, how to improve. Yes. Yeah, and it's like, yo, like, okay, like, I thought that I was A grade. Clearly, I'm C grade. What do I need to improve on? Now, I've so heard that, I, that. I've heard some stories that. You know, very few, very rare, but I have heard sometimes like the health inspector be having a bone to pick or has a, just a vendetta against the place. And so they'll give them a low rating. But how often does that really happen as opposed to it actually being legit? I don't know. But right. either way, if your service and your food and all in between does not speak to a higher rating, what do you need to look inward? They always say if someone has a pattern like in dating, and they're constantly in these relationships. It's not, it's it's them, but it's you for picking them. So exactly. you have to look inward. If you are getting this rating and your clientele is also speaking negatively, it's not, it's obviously not them, it's you. There's consistency across the board. What do they have to gain from all ganging up? You know what I mean? Like it's for you as a business to look inward. What yeah, can you do better? Yeah, and like, let's be honest, ain't nobody really trying to shut you down. Like, there might be, you know, the the occasional hater who, you know, just does not like you or whatever, or has a bone to pick with you, and therefore they're, uh, they might be writing negative, write a negative review or here and there or whatever. Okay, like, all right, even accounting for those people, more often than not. I mean, not even more often than not, a vast majority of the reviews of businesses and things like that are tend to be honest. Like these people ain't writing these reviews to just harm your business for the sake of harming it. Now, that happens when the owner of the business is like a bad person or something like that. People will try and sabotage their business. And we know that to be true. But like for uh, the real milk and honey like Keith Lee wasn't trying to sabotage your business he was actually trying to patron it he was trying yeah, to give you an honest his... review and like <laughs> people paid him to pull up to their business I, I mean tried to pay him my bad he don't take no money Um, they tried to pay him to pull up to their business so that he can give them a review and he don't ever take it because he wants it to be an honest review if you pay him then the expectation might be okay we paid you five thousand like we really can't have a negative review of five thousand can we and and right. the truth is yeah you can yes you can your my review on your business even with five thousand dollars can be scathing if your if your business is that bad i have right. every i have a moral obligation to tell the truth about whatever it is that i'm doing I'm not going to sit up here and pump fake or put on a mask for the sake of trying to help people, trying to help certain people, businesses and harm the people that I'm actually with, which is the consumer. We are all consumer. And the one thing that we need more than anything else is the truth about where we are going to spend our hard earned dollars. We need to know what this place is, how they act, how they treat uh, the consumers of their business what, what are they doing even stuff like what are they doing with the money 
because oh. if they're not doing it you know, if you giving money to a business that support that's that's directly supporting something that you don't stand for you need to know that i mean that gets into black churches because uh the church that we left wasn't black led but it definitely had a large black demographic and the reason why we left that church last year was um largely because of the black people we had experienced at church we haven't gone to that church for years and the pastor was starting to get crunk <laughs> he was starting to get oh bumped, but because of the pa- pandemic and his he was letting his political beliefs show but yes. i called it top-down behavior because even the church groups we were in that were supposed to gr- bring fellowship and community it was headed by black women and the black women was acting the damn fool and i'm like Okay, so the pastor going to be who he going to be. Uh, there's going to be some cultural ignorance there. There's going to be some cultural, uh, you know, kind of like uh, differences there. But, I, you know, I, I appreciated him as the church leader as long as I did until I saw the church groups act a fool while he was speaking the rhetoric he was speaking while he was preaching from you know saying that we need to say Jesus loves you instead of Black Lives Matter to uh, all types of things like you know you need to come back to church if you don't come back to church during the pandemic you ain't got no faith well it crossed it, it came at a crossroads when the church groups were making fun of people that they were kicking out of the church groups yeah that's so crazy I was, part, I was part of a church group and then i all of, all of a sudden got removed i was in, it was in one of my lowest depressive um seasons and i just wanted to be part of a community online and because i wasn't going to any of their community functions um or engaging in their cliquish elitist behavior they silently kicked me out so i had you join and they were going back and forth with you because you asked, you know, like, uh, why I forgot exactly what you said, but it got to the point where you're going back and forth. People were like, well, we would love to talk to you in person. Da, da, da. And then you didn't say anything for a while. They kicked you out. Yep. And these were I headed sure by do. black people. And I'm, I was only right in assuming that that was top down behavior. It was enabled speaking of, you know, enabling people to be, uh, to have misconduct, it was probably enabled by the pastor because his rhetoric and his mindset was to be elitist. And so I could only imagine that the church group leaders were the same. You know, right. when I was in the single women's church group, the same girl that headed the church group you and I were both in, she was the head of the church group I was in for single women. And she didn't feel like she had that type of energy. She was the only one actually talking to me in the group. No. Most of the other women didn't really speak to me except for like once or twice. I tried to exchange numbers and really just be involved because I'm like, isolation is not good for me. I didn't have any friends. And so I'm like, you know, I wanted to make friends. None of the women like took down my number and I'm not expecting them to, but if we're talking in the group, I'm thinking, oh, okay, we can actually speak outside of this group. Nobody wanted to exchange numbers. During the sessions, no one would talk to one another. They would just talk to the moderator. And so I was like, okay. And this was, of course, black women. Then I tried to join that church group that eventually kicked us out. That was mainly black women, black men, stuff like that. So it just really turned me off to black people. And churches as a whole are very judgmental. They're customer service because church is a service. Church is a is a, a business. They have to make money. And it's supposed to be in um, genuine means to do things for the community. But I've had 
horror story after horror story of black churches taking money, walking in with nice suits, bragging about the money they spent, never building the church that they promised, at least the church you and I left recently. They actually, he actually used the money to build the church, but black churches, they take the money, they buy nice things, cars, clothes, watches, and you never see a dime invested into property or anything like that. Um, and you, like you said, you got to wonder where this stuff is going, you know? And so churches have to be the worst type of customer service because so judgmental, but can't handle when someone is judgmental to them. Someone could say, oh, well, you're, you know, shacking up, but this lady doesn't have four marriages. You know what I mean? Uh, people that drink, you know, they're, they're criticizing people that drink, but somebody is uh, stealing money from the, from the church. It's just all type of things that are so hypocritical in the church and it turns so many non-believers off. Gandhi said it himself, you know, I love Jesus. I understand. I understand that he said something to the, to the specification of, you know, I like your Jesus, but I don't like Christians. I mean, we're the poorest river and black churches are so ritualistic. They're so strict. They're so rigid in how they behave. And it's so, it's so embarrassing because they, I did a Bible plan where it was basically Jesus was essentially marketing his business of the kingdom. He was marketing himself and the kingdom by getting disciples. He had to sell, you know, his principles to the disciples he was trying to enlist. He had to sell his principles to, to Gentiles and uh, the Pharisees, Nicodemus and all of them to get them to buy into what he was saying so he could continue preaching and winning souls. Well, Jesus was the greatest business owner we have ever known because look at how successful he was. You know what I mean? And so if we're going to represent Jesus, we have to have the kindness and the customer service that he represented. And if we're going to be Jesus-like, we can't be perfect like him, but we can try. He had excellent customer service. So if we're going to have a whole church of Jesus, we need to do the same. He was not judgmental. He was lovingly critical of people. He welcomed everyone. But why are we the total opposite while saying, oh, we're the church of Jesus? So, no here, so here's what Gandhi said. I like your Christ, but not your Christianity. Yeah. Yep. He said, I believe in the teachings of Christ, but you on the other side of the world do not. He said, I read the Bible faithfully and see little in Christian Christendom that those who profess their faith pretend to see. The yep. Christians above all else are seeking after wealth. Their aim is to be rich at the expense of their neighbors. They come along aliens to exploit them for their own good and cheat them to do so. Their prosperity is far more essential to them than the life, liberty, and happiness of others. The Christians are the most warlike people. My word. It's ridiculous. Like that he's saying that kind of stuff about us. Yeah, we're misrepresenting what Jesus asked us to do and it's and it's ask God is asking us to do. We can't, we have to look like it from afar. Before people ever hear us speak and preach the gospel, we gotta look like it silently. You have to be a representation of the word from a distance so that when people see you, they're magnetized to you and right, wanna like, know more about you and yeah. what you believe in. Your rep, your beliefs should be represented by your behaviors, your actions, your words, your demeanor, your, your mindset, your kindness, all of those things before they even know that you're a Christian. And yeah. then, oh, you know, you happen to have that conversation and then they wanna know more about your principles and what you believe in. Like some of the nicest people that I've come across, they say they don't believe in God or they don't practice, you know, going to church or anything like that. That's 
that you know that if they were I've christian imagine what they could do yeah uh, I, I i've gotten uh well what i've gotten is people when i tell them that i am a christian they're like you know like you just don't feel like what normal christians are like well i mean yeah i'm definitely more uh myself than anybody else but yeah like they they just can't believe that i am the way i am and, and so many people uh treat it as if it's not supposed to be in your walk first more than yeah. anything else like it is supposed like we are called to be the light of the mm-hmm. world like that's you right you know and and light is seen you know what i mean before it is ever the first interaction you get with light is to see it that it, it should be the same way with us and light light can a, provide warmth light can be warm a light can be emitted from a flame which is warmth it is comfort it is it should be all of those things yeah and we don't exemplify them as a collective especially no. in black church. and i used to represent the rigid very ritualistic very religious christian when i met you because i had a bad experience with a previous relationship where he never went to church with me mm-hmm. i expected my next relationship for him to be to be a churchgoer with me and you said no the very first time i asked you i felt comfortable like okay at this time i could ask him to go to church you said no and so i was pissed i'm like well obviously he's not a man of god if he don't go to church and lo and behold you were more spiritual than i felt like i i believe i was at the time i wasn't doing bible plans i was going to church i did take copious notes i was i'm pretty sure i was volunteering but that was a very religious form of my christianity and i feel like my spirituality was still lacking you know now because of the church the physical church that we stopped attending last year we get our church online and i feel even more i have felt more spiritual over the years going to online church first from the pandemic and then because we stopped attending our online version of our physical church i feel more spiritual i have gotten a lot of principle principles and life-changing experiences because I have stopped being so rigid and religious, but more spiritual in my relationship with God. And I feel like that carries, like even with people in customer service, I have more patience with them. If they're rude to me, I'm not always quick to be mean back. I still am, but I've gotten better, you know? And I feel like that's because of the principles that I've gotten from Jesus. And that just goes again into customer service as a whole. This isn't Spirituality is a main component of why I think a lot of Black people are the way that they are, because religion dictates you should believe certain things, you should criticize and judge certain things, and then that carries into how you run your business. Spirituality, on the other hand, should do the same. That means that you're kind to your customers, even if you don't believe what they believe. It means that you give them grace, you give them understanding. You know what I mean? These are the things that will go... Spirituality and religion governs your principles that you act on pastor todd um in our in the sermon today defined what principles are and it's the things that you act on even if you don't feel like it so your your religion your spirituality is how you carry yourself on a day-to-day basis and for us as a god-fearing people you know for the most part we should be spiritually acting in our businesses not religious where we're judgmental rigid all these 10, 11 rules that we're not going to do for you. What are we going to do for you? How right. are we going to open my ar- our arms to you and serve you? Jesus is about service. Right. He's about servitude. How are we going to do that? And I understand a lot of our listeners might not be Christian or even believe God in God. That's fine. We're speaking on what we believe in. And a lot of our people believe in the same. And 
I know that one time, babe, you had said that because I'm sure we have a very uh, diverse group of listeners, people that aren't black and that's fine. What's up? But I know that you had said you shouldn't tell people who aren't black how bad it can be between black people. On this platform, on our podcast, we're going to be honest. So even though there may be listeners that aren't black, don't take this as, take this as, oh, we'll see, this is why black people did it. No, this is an intimate conversation you just happen, happen to be listening in on. It doesn't take away from the fact that we deserve our rights, our freedoms, our liberties, our everything, our justice, all that stuff still remains valid. Just I think that you have it. Go ahead. No, I just was going to say, like, I think that if there is infighting that is not public, I don't think that you make it public. That's what when I say stuff like that, that's what I'm talking about. Like, if it's if it's stuff amongst black people that needs to stay amongst black people because it can be used to our detriment, then I get that. I mean, not I get that. Um, then we need to keep that to ourselves and work amongst ourselves to rectify those situations. Now, if once it becomes common knowledge like this keith lee and you know uh this this, these conversations about black businesses and stuff like that like this stuff it i'm not gonna say it's common knowledge but it it, that stuff was definitely on a on major platforms you know uh all over the country i'm not gonna say the world because i don't know if the world even cares but like as far as the country is concerned like it was everywhere you know and so we can talk about that stuff candidly because uh you basically had to be under a rock to not see it you know what i mean and so if we're if we're going to be talking about uh black uh what is the word i'm looking for um essentially like uh um black issues uh there was another word that i had it was on the tip of my tongue but i forgot it essentially black issues and you know uh uh how we are are or not fixing them then yeah i think that it should stay amongst us but we're talking about something that is national news and so we can we can talk about this openly and honestly and but you're right um stuff like this does not give any body who was listening or even following these kind of stories licensed to say hey this is why like black people shouldn't be entrepreneurs because they'll try and say that or you know look look at how black people get when they get something you know what i mean and so or you know look that they just tear themselves down and so why are y'all coming at us for talking crazily or or not even for talking crazily because they don't think they're talking crazy but they'll say you know like why are y'all coming at us for saying this when black people talk about and amongst each other like this i can i can criticize my brother and sister because what i'm saying and what we're talking about right now it does come from a place of love we want to see each other improve the whole goal is not to tear the real milk and honey old lady gang and any of these other places down chad uh ocho cinco we're not trying to tear any of these people down by critiquing them what we are trying to do is give a perspective on these situations that would make them reevaluate what they were doing and then attempt to do whatever it was that they were doing better chad shouldn't be saying that um you can only say positive things about black businesses because if there was a black business that did him wrong he wouldn't speak positively about it Mm -hmm. 
you know what i mean like you know uh if candy went to a place and uh and they gave her they gave her preferential treatment for instance just her but not her family because they didn't know her family she would be mad about that too you know what i mean it's so like you know everybody and recognizing that everybody deserves to be treated the exact same way i think is is common knowledge like we don't have to hide that kind of stuff you know what i mean um because the whole goal is for the real milk and honey to be successful but be successful the right way we want y'all to be successful by prioritizing your service every restaurant should be like chick-fil-a every biz black business should be my pleasure all that stuff i feel like they have set the standard for me and their fast food but that's why everybody wants them because their principles dictate how the food is a bonus and sometimes chick-fil-a don't taste good i've had them and i'm like eh, i could have done something else yeah, i could have done did, five yep. guys or raising yep, canes but their service will always make me come back because the owner the founder i i again top-down behavior i have never left a chick-fil-a where i have let me see i have rarely left a chick-fil-a where they didn't end my experience with my pleasure you know yeah. what i mean and they're accommodating as heck uh they mess up my order they give us gift cards like these are the things that I am, and I'm not looking for freebies. I'm, I've only gotten gift cards from them maybe twice, but I know for a fact once recently. I'm not expecting that. I'm literally expecting good customer service, which is a normal, valid expectation. One thing that I was going to say is we as a people, like I have read uh, like Twitter, Twitter feeds when I was on Twitter and youtube comments where people will talk about going back to africa or how like they wish they knew their roots better or they would like to go to africa to meet some of the people in their ancestry and people in the comments that are uh still in africa they're still um actually residing there they'll say please come we welcome you please come we would love to have you you're our brother even though you're across the world please we would love to have you that should be the experience we have even here right it's, people from a an entirely different continent that know that we're we are kin we're distant kin are willing to say hey and i don't know how that experience is when you actually get to africa i would hope it's just as inviting um and i've heard as such um from several accounts but i don't know how it actually is when you go but i would imagine you know the people are, are welcoming there it should be the experience we have at home we should like we, you and i always say babe we shouldn't be like mission trips and stuff like that right mission right. trips are great we're helping the less fortunate in other countries but we should be working on ourselves at home we should yeah. be taking care of the homeless here we should be taking care of the veterans here so on and so forth it's still that's still the same sentiment when it comes to service yeah we should be serving because the thing i can't stand is rich people getting uh like freebies from Pretty these stuff. companies yep. yeah free stuff yep. but the regular everyday patron who spends their hard-earned money to buy a luxury bag and they just want to feel the same treatment as uh someone of of a certain stature the people that make your business go round is not that one celebrity that you gave something for free yeah they give you exposure but who's funding that business it's not the people that you're giving stuff for free to it's not the cut the celebrity that spends a thousand dollars once a year it's the everyday hard-working single mother it's the everyday other entrepreneur it's the everyday because entrepreneurs are customers too so it's the every and entrepreneurs have that leverage of marketing and networking that maybe the everyday person doesn't have because entrepreneurs are in those spaces with people that they can speak to other businesses 
you know? So the everyday person should feel just as valuable as that celebrity that you're baking on giving you exposure. The person that comes into your restaurant from working a long day or a single mother who, you know, didn't feel like cooking. So she brings her babies there. Like that's the, you know, or, or the, the, the basketball coach who's taking his team there and, and wants to feel like he can bring in a party of, of five or whatever. Those are the type of experiences people should have. It shouldn't be governed by, we not going to do this for you and you have to uh, like it. No. Yeah, and I think that you and I think that people are really doing themselves a disservice when they make a rule list. Uh, and I think you said this earlier, but uh, I was just thinking about it as you were talking. When they make a rule list, basically saying everything that they're not going not gonna to do. do. Yes. Like, yo, like, why are you from? So right out the gate, you are already telling like you're already setting it because you're putting a, a, a negative rule list out there for me to digest where's the positives there's the positives? one one two three four five six seven out of the ten rules have no in them and a lot of them have no in all caps mm. so mm. that says a lot yes it does and that's that's piss poor Let's, let's just be honest you know what i mean like that is definitely 100 piss poor like instead of saying everything that you're not going to do and that it's the same for christians um and, and you know just people who are engaging in bad business practices instead of being negative about everything why not try and be positive about some stuff you know instead of making a rule list of everything you're not going to do why not take this same list and completely flip it Mm -hmm. and give yours and give 10 positive things that you're going to do we are going to give you exceptional service we are going to make sure that your food is awesome we are going to make sure that that price for the food is not breaking the bank because we understand that that food and the price of it is extremely high right now you know what i mean like why not say why not do all of those kind of things instead of being like no no we're not doing this no we're not doing that and it's like yo like you you're making it seem like it's it's a chore it feels like a chore when you see this and this is in place of the menu feels mm-hmm. like a chore to eat it's this. off pudding yeah you know for what sure. i mean and, and it's like yo like wait a sec i'm not gonna spend my money at a place that feels like a a um a endeavor to do i'm i'm not gonna do that no i would rather go and spend my money somewhere where i know that my money and me would be appreciated and well received remember this is supposed to be fun i'm a lot of menus will say we appreciate your business or your service or something a lot of uh literature from a business will say that at the end like thank you we sincerely appreciate your business this is remember this is supposed to be fun but you perceive that by the by a bunch of shit that ain't fun we have to remember all this stuff and if we ask for anything oh it's on the rules no like it shouldn't be that hard so i could go on and on about this um yeah but honestly all we're really saying is um to all black businesses and and entrepreneurs and people like that um do better is what i'm yeah, saying tighten up you know what i mean and 
prioritize the things that are going to make you successful. And the number one thing, whether you're front facing or not, is service. It's all about the service that you provide. How good is it? Because if you're providing good service, people will line up to pay for whatever it is that you Chick-fil-A got. Chick-fil-A be having lines. They have to make wraparound lines. Who? And Chick-fil-A. Oh, yeah. Chick-fil-A, yeah. Uh, In-N-Out. You know yeah, I don't I mean? know about In-N-Out service, though, but I'm I sure mean, it's good. You know, I, I mean, you, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a, a California thing. I don't know. But like uh, there are there are places and, and think about it. Like, think about a place that you like to go. You know what I mean? And think about the service that you get. Yeah, you want to go there. Part You want to go there probably because the service is so good that it'll just keep you coming back. Mm-hmm. I've gone to plenty of nail shops. I've had to jump nail shops because if you don't spend a certain amount of money there or if you ask them to, you know, they always blame it on you. Your nail is crooked or da da da. No, you don't know how to do nails. And I will stop going there because of that. I'm not going to continue to spend money somewhere where I'm not appreciated and adjustments aren't made for my satisfaction that are well within reason. So for me, I can speak to all businesses that service matters because I've stopped patroning Asian businesses, white businesses, Hispanic businesses, all because of bad service. But the businesses that I care about that I'm representing are black businesses. Mm. I I need to see us do better because if there's five of us in a row and four of them have bad service, people are gonna assume that I have bad service as well. And y'all ain't gonna keep making us look bad, the ones that actually care about our clients and our customers and the people that we're trying to serve. So I know that my service speaks for itself, but you do have representation. Like the first line of a business that you see is that customer service representative, is that hostess, is that host, is that whoever you come across before you ever buy a product or a service, you come across a person. And and besides online, but I'm talking about like, if you have right. to speak to someone for on behalf of the business before they ever buy the product or service or experience that, they experience you and your your essence, your energy. It's all about you. Yeah, it's all about you. And so if people come across you and don't like you and you are representing a larger business, so for instance, there's a hostess and she is extremely rude. You, Whether you like it or not, she is the face of that business. Yep. So they're not going to come back because of her. But if somebody is phenomenal, they're going to be like, I'm coming back and we want her. You always you always think like that. Wherever you go and somebody is lit, you like, I want you next time. And the crazy <laughs> thing is, is you will mess around and be and not only say like, I want, I'm coming back and I want her, but I'm coming back and I'm bringing. Bringing. Yep. Mm. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? Whether it's family, it could be friends, it could be anybody like I'm coming back. You or when you and people will even be so crazy as to be like, yo, when are you going to be here? Yeah, <laughs> yep, you know what I mean? And like we gonna make yeah. sure that we come and then people will really honestly do that. Yeah. But it's all based off of what you're doing as far as customer service is yep. concerned, man. Yeah, yeah. Stop worrying turn. about these dollars. Stop worrying about how your stuff looks. Stop worrying about the ambiance. Stop all of that stuff will come when you start putting them customer dollars in your pocket by treating the customer like they are everything. That's all you got to do. And and we as a collective, as black people, make it seem like it's so hard. And some yeah. of it go ahead. 
No, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just gonna say like you know, and some of it is uh, uh, a response to the environment. Like I was just about to get there. We we you know we tend to be hard and and oftentimes and especially back in uh, uh, our mom's day and and our grandparents' day, um, customer service wasn't a thing because they were black. Like they they weren't treated with any kind of uh, a cooth of respect. You know they were treated like you know uh, uh, less than human and now we don't have to deal with that per se but that's not to say that the the mindset has changed much but we don't have we have elevated from that and especially amongst ourselves we don't have to treat each other with that kind of vitriol with that kind of vile uh disrespectful energy that makes us not even want to talk uh, uh, uh patron each other or sit next to each other or even like speak to each other you know what i mean like when i see a black man on the street it don't matter who he is where he from whatever he get a nod or a pound or you know what's happening or something like that because i don't ever want us to feel like they can't you know like i'm not you know approachable i might be doing something or whatever else whatever the case may be i might be anything any number of things but you as a black man understand that like i got your back and and i hope that you have mine you know what i mean like it's just that friendly thing that you know i'm trying to do and what's crazy is like now it happens all the time i start i was like i'm gonna be deliberate in it and then the next thing i know you know every no matter where i go if i see a black dude and we make eye contact, we instantly like, yo, what's good? You know what I mean? What's happening? Or, you know, and then like, that's it. That's all the like, some, I've, I've started conversations and, you know, and uh, I'm like, ooh, them shoes is fire, blah, 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 you know, like stuff like that. But to really get to the crux of this business thing, we do got to understand that like, we have to be intentional with treating each other better. That yes. should be a goal of ours. Absolutely. Go ahead. I, 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 well, you know, I was just going to say, like, speaking on, like, our grandparents and our parents um, coming up, I think there was a cultural paradigm back then that everybody was disgruntled and there was no expectation because we all, they were all in the same boat. And there wasn't really a, a means to have a, a, a horde and a a community of business owners like we do now. There were black businesses, business owners back then, but they weren't, I, I would say they weren't as overt. I think that they were more like a dime a dozen. And we had some great innovators and great inventors that were uh, big at that time, Adam C.J. Walker, who she more perfected something that was already invented. But what she did do was she actually, in my um education of her she perfected the customer service that her mentor really didn't have her mentor was light skin and she was creating a hair product that was it, it was essentially a colorist means she was saying get hair like me by trying this product madam cj walker marketed in a different a different way she mm. was brown skin and she was marketing to brown skin people and was essentially able to take the business from her mentor because it wasn't this this colorist kind of marketing scheme um and she would her mentor would use brown skinned women as the models of like oh this is the bad version of hair and then this is how you know you should look 
So Madam CJ Walker took that and twisted it into something that was more positive for her clientele. Um, and then, you know, she took the, the hot comb, I believe, or the hot curling iron or something and just perfected the usage and the utility of it. But customer service went along with that. But overall, in that time, I think everyone was disgruntled and they knew it. So the way we spoke to each other and the way we handled business, I think it was more acceptable back then. Just like, um, you know, the Malcolm Burton versus Martin paradigm, like a lot of people kind of were against the way Malcolm was handling things until recently. Now we're a, a lot more rebellious and we we are we have less tolerance for the way we're treated around the world, but especially in America. Back then they accepted the hard work hour, the, the work, the hard work. They accepted the negative work environment and the low pay. We don't accept that type of stuff now. We don't accept the way the police treat us. We don't accept the way Black people are treated when it comes to education and uh rules of not employment, sure. the way you can't wear your hair, things like that. We don't accept that no more. We're not, not just sure. going to coddle our treatment. Back then, they were like, no, nah, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to keep my head down and work. We don't accept anything anymore. So along with that, we don't accept how we run our businesses and how we're treated. So I think that we don't accept what our parents and grandparents accept because we don't accept any of the stuff they accepted anymore. Not the workforce, not the way Black people are treated, none of that. The way they spoke to each other back then was, um, a, it was a sign of being just underprivileged, marginalized, all of that. Now, we do have a little bit more affordability, not much, but it's a lot different than what our grandparents experienced with segregation and redlining and all that stuff. Now, we have certain expectations that should be given to us in doctrine and principle and on paper. And if those things are not um, afforded to us, we fight back. So even with ourselves, if you don't give us customer service because all these other businesses do, I'm not standing for that. If you rip me off, I'm not standing for that. All the things that we had to kind of be quiet about back then, we Absolutely. get to speak up about because we That's now- That's such a good point. Ha yeah, now we have, thank you, we have our freedom to do so. We're not, we shouldn't be afraid to use our voice anymore because the the parameters with which we're allowed to speak our minds is different than back then when we were considered three-fifths and segregated and all that stuff. And a lot of people say we should still be segregated. To a certain degree, I agree with that. But you know me, I want everything the white people have. So I don't want us to be segregated because then they're going to take resources from us. But that's a tangent. <laughs> I say all that to say that. Yeah. We should not accept anything, even amongst ourselves. If yeah. someone is acting up in our community, check them. If someone is mistreating you in your community, it shouldn't be, oh, that's a black person, so I'm gonna give them, no. If anything, they need to be, we need to be better amongst ourselves so that we are tighter, so that we are stronger as a unit, so that we have more strength as a community against the ops, against the people that are not us and are not looking out for us, including right. the ones that are, uh, Uncle Tom's and all of that stuff because them is ops too just because they black don't mean that they get to ride to Wakanda with us so right. yeah uh, we could go on and on I know I said that before but this is a very passionate topic that I've wanted to discuss in depth for years and I'm glad we're finally here calling it out I'm not afraid to call out any business because you got to know their name in order to know what you're dealing with you got to know what someone else's experience has been with that specific business or person in order to align that experience with yourself to call them out to see for yourself if that if that would be your experience so on and so forth 
Right. Now. And the whole point, again, you know, is not to call these businesses out to try and get them get them put out of business. Absolutely like, not. Yeah. We're not trying to call out these businesses to be like, yo, uh, get these fools off the block, get their business taken from them and get these entrepreneurs uh, out of the space. No, we're not saying that. You know what I mean? It's, it's just like punishment. You know, punishment is not it's not supposed to be meant to just punish you. It's supposed to be cor a cor uh, corrective action. We are doing this and we're saying this and we're discussing this not to be negative, but to actually be positive. It sounds yeah. crazy, but we are doing this to be positive. We hope that these businesses and all the entrepreneurs out there that are listening really hear what we're saying and hear what the main points of, of this conversation is. It's not about what you're selling or how you're selling it and blah, 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 blah. It's about the customer service that you are providing at all times. If you're providing something, you're providing service. Don't People don't give a damn if it's damn dirt. People will buy dirt from you. <laughs> if you sell it to them with a smile, you make, the, you make them feel like the dirt is mad valuable. The dirt is mad valuable. Niggas will come and buy dirt from you. You know what I mean? Like people will buy lint out your pocket. If you sell it to them the right way, you know, you know, and I'm exaggerating, but like in all honesty, like it, <laughs> it, it is all about the way in which you cater to the people who are coming to you for whatever it is that you got. But cater that doesn't that doesn't exclude Keisha and Mike and Sandra who work for such and such company as well. Y'all ain't exempt. And I'm just using, you know, fictitious names. But whoever works in customer service, even for another company, oh, yeah. to give customer service too, because that still affects somebody else's bottom line. And I know you probably don't care because you collect your check and go home, but you affecting somebody else. Someone is taking that personal. You have ruined someone else's day by your stank ass attitude. I don't care what's going on at your job. Handle that with those people. Get on them about how you feel at that job. And you know, honestly, you do have a choice to leave. I know that people say it and they say it's not that easy. Look, a lot of businesses want people back. A lot of businesses are hiring and I know that the, the rules for hiring might still be a little stiff. Somebody looking for somebody to work there that you might actually like better. If you don't like your job, that's not the patron's fault and don't take it out on them. And another thing is, I think also too, like you said, we're not trying to call them out to get them out of business because a lot of black business, black businesses, we're not just like credit and finances. We're not given the blueprint on how this stuff works. We are left oh. in the dark about how this stuff works. And so starting a business is hard. I literally had to figure everything out for myself. I had to know who to call. And thankfully who you worked with back in April of last year had a connection that helped me get started, but I still actually had to figure everything out. She walked me through the things that I knew that I wanted to do, but everything else I had to figure out that I had to do. You know, um, starting a business, running a business, managing a business is hard. It's uh, a trial and error. It is literally, for the most part, figuring it out for yourself. We're not given a handbook on how to do this. Every business is different. Every business, for the most part, has to figure it out if they're not carrying a generational business. If they're not carrying a generational business from their grandparent, their parent, their uncle, their auntie, whoever gifted them that business, and they're starting something new that the, the path has not been tread before, then businesses is hard and that can weigh on you and how you conduct yourself. But once again, that has nothing to do with the people who are trying to support you. And to project that on them, it's just gonna ruin the start that you're trying to have with your business. 
you know? Yes, it is. So I understand that it's hard because I myself can attest to that. It's very hard to start, but I get happy every day I get to wake up and serve somebody and do this. I do this because I love helping people. I love helping people be better, feel better, you know, if they feel like they need to look better, all of that. I don't do it just to collect the check. I do this because I want, I saw a need and I'm doing this in a different way than I've seen other people in my industry do it. And I get happy about it as hard as it's been, but I get happy to help people. And I give that happiness to my clients and the people that I partner with. So it's not, again, it's not that hard. It's it's not. No, it's definitely not. Like you, all you got to do is really, um, humble yourself right like i i feel like that's that's a big part of it is just humble yourself and understand that like the the leader that you want to be the success story that you want to tell uh starts with you serving people because the greatest leader of all was also the greatest servant amen that's right you know that's so right. to really lead um to really to serve. have an impact, to really leave your mark, um, you got to learn how to serve. You have to. And if you don't know how to serve, you are not going to get the result that you are looking for because you don't understand how to humble yourself enough to allow yourself, uh, Pastor Todd said it today, to be a part of something bigger than you. Yep. It is not all about you. It, it does not start with you. It did. It will not end with you. That's right. And so take the time to just understand that like nice, uh, comforting, caring words, even if you don't mean them, you don't even got to mean it. But even if you say it, even if you don't mean it, like people may know and people may understand um, but that may be the catalyst for something greater as opposed to you taking out the negativity that you feel on the people that you come across. That does not, it doesn't, whether you believe or not, whether you are this or that, you as a person will, will be labeled based on your actions. And you don't ever want to be labeled as somebody who nobody wants to be around. You just you just don't want to do that. And so, you know, humble yourself and understand that the influence that you're looking for is parked right in the middle of the thing that you are trying your hardest not to do, which is serve others. Yeah. So serve them, whether you're at whether you are a a call center worker or you are the CEO of a business that has just started booming. Serve others and watch how that watch how it comes back around to you mm -hmm. it will always come back around to you because you get what you give and you give what you get right you know so you know uh I, we can go on and on and on about mm -hmm. this topic but you know uh we want what's best for y'all black businesses and that's why we got to come on here and be honest with y'all y'all ain't doing enough nearly nope. enough nearly enough and we need y'all to do more period that's it you know so um that's all i got to say on it babe what you got nigga do better yeah i'm talking to all but nigga do better that's what i'll end with yeah do better so do better
So if you are looking for a written and video platform that is all encompassing, uh, it has culture, music, sports, politics, all of that stuff all in one place, I really need you to fly on over to a kingsvibes.com, check it out, subscribe, comment, share, uh, like whatever else comes with doing a um uh a website i really need you guys to go over and do that check it out and then also solstice is coming yep solstice is coming be ready so i am the owner and creator of Thoroughbred Wellness Enterprises, which is an umbrella establishment of overall self-improvement and healing. I am a certified personal trainer and I'm working towards getting my nutrition coach certification, but my business is so much more than just making me move and sweat. My passion is to help people, particularly women of color, especially black women who think they're too busy to dedicate time to their wellness or just don't know where to start. I've come across even bank branch managers who oversee multiple locations and they're completely overwhelmed, tired, and who didn't realize how simple incremental changes in their lifestyles could make their days easier and more balanced until I spoke with them. I showed them how they can give back some of that busy time to themselves and in turn no longer just being quote unquote okay, but feeling and being better and experiencing vitality. I also have and this is so personal for me, a huge soft spot for women who struggle with this daily overwhelm while also dealing with mental wellness struggles that might be triggered by hormonal imbalance because that's been me for a few years for quite a while. I've learned to tremendously accelerate the healing of my mind and just myself in the past and on my current journey through overall wellness practices. And I did this through the culmination of a complete lifestyle overhaul and transformation. And I just want to help others the same way I've helped myself and I'm currently helping myself. I do believe that God gifted us with longevity and I believe I've been purposed to help us optimize that. So if you believe your mind, body, and spirit can benefit from any of these things that I've told you that I love and I'm passionate about, please go to thoroughbredvitality.com. That is T-H-O-R-O-U-G-H-B-R-E-D-V-I-T-A-L-I-T-Y.com. Check out some of my programs and services, including some that I'm still expanding on. I'm always adding new content and schedule a free, free consultation with me. See how I can best serve you and potentially be not just your coach, but also your cheerleader from anywhere in the world.